Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Hello, everybody. Happy Saturday. All across America, December is here. And I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Nice vanilla skies this morning out here in Los Angeles. You got the fires. You got the clear December morning. It's a crazy morning in the sky. I'm one of those weirdo dudes who likes a good sunrise. I just feel like it's the start of a new day. A start of a new gambling weekend for me. Another rough one. Folks, I had such a good run to start the season. First eight weeks, I'm rolling. Really just, it's funny. I have a daily podcast on iHeart called Straight Fire. And I like uh, to do giveaways. You know, you leave me a five-star review on iTunes. 
I'll give you 100 bucks. We were doing those in September and October, November, because I was rolling. And I recently hit the skids, and I had someone DM me. Dude, are you still going to do the giveaways? <laughs> I know everybody needs some Christmas spending money. Um, I hope to rebound this weekend in week 13 in the NFL, kind of like the games. You just heard the big college football news from Isaac. Ohio State, my gosh, Big Ten. Are they going to get shut out of the playoff? We'll, we'll save that for uh, the second hour. Don't know if the Big Ten's uh, going to have Ohio State make it or qualify by playing enough games. It's just an ugly, messy situation. We had a big week in the NBA. A superstar says he's not talking to the media all season. We, <laughs> I can't wait to dive into that. Oh, that guy's a nincompoop. Um, and that's the first time anybody said that word on the radio in 2020, here in December, and a couple superstars swapping homes in the NBA, but we'll start with the NFL, and I had, uh, I watched with glee as Pat Mahomes carried my fantasy team last week. He is such a joy to watch. I don't think there's anybody as fun in the NFL as Pat Mahomes, and like right on his tail is a couple guys named Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, also fantastic. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is up there. But, you know, a, a superstar icon passed away in so- soccer a couple weeks ago, uh, Diego Maradona. And it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Diego Maradona, one of the greatest soccer players in the history of the sport for me. Uh, I know in recent decades he had become a bit of a mess off the field and was something of a nightmare. However, when you watch the highlight reels of Maradona, it was clear he was born to juggle a soccer ball and play with the ball at his feet. It's incredible the stuff he was able to do. And I watch Pat Mahomes and I say, man, Diego Maradona was born to dribble a soccer ball. Pat Mahomes was born to throw a football. It's just beautiful throw after beautiful throw. And I started reading just, I'm one of these rabbit hole guys sometimes when I, when I start seeing something. And I started looking at Mahomes, and baseball was pretty prominent in his upbringing. Obviously, his father played Major League Baseball. And then I looked at Kyler Murray, and I said, oh, okay, he's a baseball guy. And Russell Wilson, also a baseball guy. And I said, wait a sec, what do we have here? And I haven't totally fleshed this out, but Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Russell Wilson is up there. Right now, he's probably number two in the MVP voting, maybe three. Aaron Rodgers, yes, I get it. Aaron Rodgers is up there. But Kyler Murray is on the come up, as the kids say, right? He's got next, 23 years old. Arizona way ahead of schedule in playoff contention. Um, They have an enormous game this weekend against the Rams. I mean, goodness gracious, Cardinals have dropped three of four. Their only win was on a Hail Mary. Uh, But it's not like they're losing to bad teams, right? They lost to Miami, which is a playoff team, close one. Seattle, close one, and the, the game against New England, unforgivable stuff from Cliff Kingsbury. But at any rate, those three quarterbacks, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, they were baseball first players. Mahomes, obviously, I said his dad played with the Mets. Russell Wilson um, kicked around the farm system. He tried to do both early in his career. It wasn't meant to be. And Kyler Murray, of course, was drafted in the first round by Major League Baseball, said, no thanks, I'm, I'm going to give this football thing a shot. And you'll never guess, folks, who three of the top five deep passers in the NFL are this season through 12 weeks. 
And by deep ball passing, I mean 20 or more yards. Well, it just so happens that Pat Mahomes is first with 11 touchdowns. (laughs) Guess who he's tied with? Russell Wilson, 11 touchdowns. And Kyler Murray, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions on deep balls. It's wild. Now, you could argue that, well, Jason, come on, the the baseball first angle is fun, but um, Kyler Murray has DeAndre Hopkins. Russell Wilson has DK Metcalf. Pat Mahomes has Tyreek Hill. Okay. I get it. They have good receivers, but Pat Mahomes, 11 touchdowns, one pick on deep throws. Russell Wilson, 11 touchdowns, three picks. Russ, uh, Kyler Murray, as I said, seven TDs, zero interceptions. There's something there, folks. And I started looking into the baseball throwing motion and the quarterback throwing motion, and it's not apples to apples. I'm obviously not an arm mechanics guru, but I'm telling you, there is something there. It's about like 75%, I would have to guess, the throwing motion of a baseball and a football. And I think the bigger thing besides the arm mechanics has to do with the narrative of failure. And baseball is essentially a sport of failure. I mean, if you hit 333, (laughs) you might win a batting crown. You're missing out on two out of the three plate appearances that you're failing on, and on one, you're hitting, and 333 is successful. You want to ask how tough it is to hit a baseball, go ask Michael Jordan, uh, you know, greatest basketball player ever or second greatest, whatever side you're on of that debate. And, I mean, he, you know, he had no chance in baseball. Was it around the Mendoza line? Um, he flirted with a couple moments of, of uh, success, but mostly Michael Jordan failed hitting a baseball. And just think about the concept of failure and how often you guys have failed. Pat Mahomes, can you imagine watching his father play baseball, a sport of failure? A lot of failing. And then Pat Mahomes goes to the NFL, and it's like, does this guy ever miss passes, you know? Pat Mahomes looks, honestly, like he's on the trajectory to be the greatest quarterback ever. And it's super early, I get that. But my gosh, like, everything he does looks to be successful. And Russell Wilson, I I swear, it's so frustrating to gamble against Seattle, and I'm definitely not back on the Giants this week. Because for me, Russ throws such a beautiful deep ball that it's like, listen, you need a play, just throw it up. Metcalf will go get it, or they'll interfere with him, and you get the yards. I, I, Russell Wilson seems to do this every single week, and Kyler Murray's on that trajectory where he throws such a beautiful deep ball. And I do believe there is some parallel between baseball players and elite quarterbacks. Everybody's saying, oh, you got to steer your kid toward baseball now. Well, you know, these guys did it as, as young guys. And once they made the move to quarterback, there was a lot of success to be found. You know, quarterbacks are completing, what, 65 70% of their passes. And baseball is the opposite. Maybe you hit 350, maybe. But more likely it's 333. I don't know. Uh, I Maybe we'll bring in Isaac later to a- ask about baseball. But, you know, if you're a career 275 hitter, you're a good baseball player, you know? The 300 is really nice. Wade Boggs, what's he, up over 300? Like, it's tough to have success in baseball. And these guys have come over and had so much success. To me, it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy how incredible these baseball players have been at the NFL level. And I think that's probably my biggest story leading into Week 12. But my second biggest is another guy who's had some failure. And we had a guest on this show a couple weeks ago who talked about 
Carson Wentz and what the hell has happened to that guy in Philadelphia. And I'd long been a Carson Wentz over Dak guy, but first impressions matter. And Carson Wentz, you know, everybody chalked up his rookie year. He's a rookie. He's out of North Dakota State, whatever. They were near 500. And Carson Wentz his second year. I mean, the guy was like the MVP leader before tearing his ACL, I think, in week 13 out here against the Rams. And when you have that early success as Wentz did, you just automatically say, okay, this guy's good. He's really, really good. And it took a few years now of his failures for us to realize, oh, maybe Carson Wentz is not that good. And this week after another nightmare performance, oh, my gosh, that on the Monday night island game, everybody in America watching, Carson Wentz totally urinates down his leg once again and is a train wreck. In the pocket. I mean, he's got the happy feet. He doesn't want to do what Russ and Mahomes are doing. Oh, let me just throw it up. Let my guy make a play or I'll get a flag. Carson Wentz would rather eat sacks. And finally, I guess he watched the tape. And our guest a couple weeks ago mentioned the quarterback coach, Press Taylor, was kind of chummy with Carson Wentz. And he wouldn't get on his case. Well, he had COVID and was out. And apparently, Doug Peterson rode Wentz at practice. Just got on his case hardcore. Didn't really translate into the game um, as I think in their first like four or five drives against Seattle, they had like negative four yards. It was ugly. But Wentz is starting to finally take responsibility for his failures. And to me, that's a good sign heading into this Packers game. I know absolutely nobody's going to look to bet the Eagles. Um, I, I talked about it on a Fox show. We do talk the line. I think there's some value in Philly this week. You guys know how to, how to handle markets, right? You buy low and you sell high. Nobody has higher stock right now than Aaron Rodgers after that Sunday night football performance. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is back. I mean, they were up like 41-10 on the Bears or 41-7, whatever it was, before some garbage time points made it look respectable. But Aaron Rodgers right now, everybody knows he's good. You bet on him. He's, he's chasing Mahomes and Russ in the MVP race. And nobody, nobody wants to buy the Eagles stock, after they couldn't move the football on a Seattle defense that, while improving, has been largely garbage this year. And I, I just, I like the number nine. I saw it came down. I don't know, Gavin, I'm sure you may have taken a peek. It came down off the nine, eight and a half. So seeing a couple rogue eights out there today, uh, I might be, might be looking to make a move later in the show when we do picks at the top of hour number two. I may be looking to, to back the Eagles here. So a lot of good stuff. Pop it up here late in the NFL season. Carson Wentz accepting responsibility. We're seeing baseball guys emerge as real deal quarterbacks. And um, the one guy I'm worried about is Tua. And we're going to get to him later in the show. But if you guys remember when he was coming out of Alabama. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. The theme was, man, two is always hurt. You know, he's like, I don't know. He's got that hip injury. He's got, there was a knee. There was a quad. There was a high ankle sprain. He's kind of a small guy. He's always hurt. Uh, folks, anybody see what the story is with Tua this week again? He's hurt. Tua, injured, hand, may not start. It's probably going to be Fitzpatrick. And like, I got to ask you guys, is Tua ever going to make it? We know Justin Herbert is a big dude. He's going to be fine. Joe Burrow, yeah, he's a big guy. Kind of got crumbled upon there. It was it was ugly. But he's going to rebound. I just, I got to say, this Tua thing is starting to concern me, given his injury situation. So we got a lot of NFL to do here on the show today. We'll do some uh, NBA, some college football. But coming up next, I've got to dive into this superstar swap in the NBA Big trade. Was there even a winner? We'll talk about that next year on Fox Sports Radio. The NFL playoffs are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. You can follow the action like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move to Six podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us bring knowledge from careers as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. After the Super Bowl, it's draft season. If you want to go in-depth on this year's prospects and learn what makes the top players stand out, there's no better podcast than Move the Sticks. We'll break down film from the professional and college games so you can know which player to look out for when the football season returns next fall. You'll learn a ton about the NFL, and I promise we'll make it fun along the way. We'll have several new episodes dropping each week, and you don't want to miss a single one. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Thursday, February 10th. 
kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022 delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign. Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone. Wow. So, Chris, are we on all Christmas music now? Yes, sir. Yeah, baby. Woo! Dude, I don't know about you guys. I get into the Christmas spirit. I will say, got husbands out there, boyfriends, if you want to score some points with the lady, help set up the Christmas tree, put on ornaments and all that stuff. I got to confess, growing up, I was always like, I'd rather play video games. Uh, I'd rather watch this movie. I'd rather watch sports. And I now I was never like a big contributor, but um, this year I don't know what got into me. Uh, and I was like, I was like, I will help. And I was like leading the charge, hanging up ornaments and all that fun stuff. And uh, the wife was like so proud. She was like, Wow, I've never seen this side of you. I was like, Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm into the Christmas spirit. We put on the Christmas music, little tunage. Alexa, can you put on? Christmas music. And then just we just have Christmas music playing like all day, every day. So I, I don't know about you guys. I get into the Christmas music. Jason, you just changed a lot of people's radios right now by saying that. Wait, why? You made an Alexa command. Oh. We have a lot of <laughs> listeners on Amazon Alexa. That's funny. So, uh, Gavin, I got to ask you. Um, I like to joke about the wife. Or, and she gave us the great uh, Emily in Paris thing. Um, have you guys set up the tree? Oh, yeah. We got our tree last week. There was a tree lot right next to our uh, apartment. And, yeah. Yeah, went down there and picked up a nice six-footer and decorated it. And it, you know what it is, Jason, is it makes it feel normal. It's a sense yes. of, hey, COVID's not here. You know, that's how it feels, you know. So, yeah. That's no, a phenomenal Nice sense point. of normalcy. There hasn't been a lot of, I mean, like, it, this hasn't been a year of any normalcy. And, you know, football season hasn't been normal. College football my first thing with college football now is like, oh, what uh, what games are canceled this weekend? So, uh, somebody was mentioning the Heisman Trophy. I was like, oh, it's got to be Trevor Lawrence, right? No, he got COVID, so he can't win it. And it, 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 just nothing about sports has been normal. The NBA season, 72 games coming up. They just come off the bubble. Um, at any rate. Uh, Have you watched any Christmas movies yet? No. I've been lobbying for that, but we're uh, – this is going to sound so nerdy. Hashtag dad life. We're trying to get off the screens, Gavin. And um, so we've been playing a lot of board games at at, at night, um, trying to get the kids into chess thanks to Queen's Gambit. They're not watching that, by the way. I am, of course. I've been playing on my phone a lot. But um, we're just trying to do less screens. I mean, I'm at the point where at the end of the week, do you get that notice from your phone about how much usage you've had and all that stuff? Yeah, your screen time. Yeah, and, yeah. and pickups is the real scary thing. You're like, I picked up my phone that many times? So I'm making a concentrated effort to do less screens, and that includes TV. Although a TV screen, Gavin, that's way better than any other screen, right? Yeah. I mean, I grew up playing board games, and that was a big thing that my dad wanted us to do is stay away from the video games so much and play more of a a game where you're actually talking to other people. Yes. And, you know, you can have the uh, holiday, you could have Home Alone on in the background maybe while you're playing a game, mm-hmm. but it could distract the kids as well. Yes. So. But yeah, TV is actually the least dangerous now. Uh, it's so crazy how that changed. It's like it used to be the TV was scary. Now it's like, oh yeah, go go watch a show. I don't want you on the iPad. Um, anyways, back to sports real quick. Big move 
in the NBA this week. And it's so funny because these these uh, these GMs and the owners are all like, hey, we're not trading this guy. I don't see a scenario where we're trading this guy. Ten days later, he's gone. And John Wall, who was actually kind of beloved in Washington because he was big in the community, um, he has been shipped to the Houston Rockets in exchange for Russell Westbrook. Kind of a weird swap given that uh, both these guys are – considered good players, but they haven't really been that good lately. I know Russell um, Westbrook was like all NBA third team or whatever, but it's essentially a trade of two headaches, right? Uh, John Wall hasn't played over a year and a half. And Russell Westbrook, and I did write this on social media and people get angry, man. And I will say, being out here in LA, again, I talked about this guy before. He played high school basketball with Russell Westbrook. He was on his team. He's a backup point guard. Ended up having to transfer because obviously Russ is not coming off the court. Um, and he hears me beat up on Russ. He's like, man, you're too hard. That, that He's a nice guy. He's a good person. And I don't know Russ. I just know the guy I see on the court um, who tries his butt off, but he's not a winning player. I mean, Kevin Durant ultimately said, yeah, had enough. I'm out. Paul George said, yeah, I had enough. I'm out. And now James Harden's like, eh, not, I don't really want to play with him. And... How many stars do we need to see wanting to bail on Russ before we get the idea that, oh, yeah, Jason was right. He's not a winning player. And, again, I'm not trashing Russ the person. Apparently, he is a great individual, super nice. Um, His dad is a member at a country club where I've got some good friends, and they say his dad is unfailingly nice. So I'm not hammering the character of the guy. Just he's not a winning player. The guy makes $30 million a year. He shouldn't care if Jason McIntyre says, you're not a winning player. Sure, I believe it's a fact. Um, He's got out of the first round of the playoffs once since Kevin Durant left. Um, I don't even know if he's on a playoff team in Washington. And my takeaway is when is Bradley Beal going to say, yo, I've had enough. I mean, is it before the All-Star break? Is it after? There's a lot of chatter that Beal wants to be out here in L.A. His, I don't know if it's a baby mama or wife or girlfriend, whoever he's with, um, was like in reality shows, so he's got a place out here. That's, that chatter is always going to happen. Um, I also saw a funny stat as it comes to L.A., like who's got the most TV games this year. Should be no surprise. LeBron and the Lakers have 16. But the Clippers are right there with 14. They're second. And listen, I wonder how many Washington Wizards national TV games there's going to be. Over under three? Like, they're just not a marquee team. They're not good. Nobody cares about them. And, you know, if Bradley Beal wants to level up, as they say, and and become a primetime player, he's a really good player. Uh, force your way to the West Coast. I don't know how that happens. And I know Gavin and I have discussed ad nauseum whether or not Kyle Kuzma sticks around. I did think it was telling that LeBron said the player who's going to make the biggest jump in 2021 is Kyle Kuzma. Gavin, did you see that? I did not see that. No. Yeah, it was one of these, like, you know, one, one of these dumb Twitter questions. Who's going to make the biggest jump, you know, and you get 50 million responses? It doesn't do anything, but um, LeBron responded with Kyle Kuzma. Now, the uh, <laughs> the pessimist in me will say, oh, I know why he's doing that, to up his trade value so they can get him out of town to get Bradley Beal. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what it means. Uh you know, Kuzma's going to have some help on that second team now with Schroeder and Harrell. So um, I, maybe Kuzma does play well. Listen, LeBron ain't playing 72 or close to it. Um, coming off that bubble season, 
where he won the title in the finals MVP, he's going to scale it back here for sure. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how that works out. But ultimately, I still don't think James Harden is going to start the season in Houston. Now, I know what they're saying in Houston. Oh, we're not trading him. We're going we're gonna to patch things up. Did you see the head coach came out this week and said, we're going to give James Harden the space he needs? Like, what is this, an eighth-grade relationship? Uh, give me some space. I need some time. James Harden's a grown man making over $30 million. Give him space? He didn't show up this week to mandatory uh, at the facility because the, the um, training camp started. And Harden was just like, nah, I got to go party with Lil Baby, whoever the hell that is. I learned something, by the way, Gavin. Do you know who Lil Baby is, by the way? Yeah, and I saw the gifts that Harden Yeah, yeah, gave. yeah, the gift. I didn't, okay. So I didn't know what a honey bun was, okay? And I'm like, a honey bun? Why, why is, what's you the You thought it was a slang there? or something. Yeah, I, well, it is. It, it's a hundred, a hundred thousand dollars cash is a honey bun because I guess they wrap it in some kind of thing that makes it look like a bun and it's honey. I thought he actually bought him like a duffel bag of honey buns. Like the, well, the apparently the Maybe slang, not. I mean, I I, listen, this is what the young people are saying. I'm, I'm not, I'm no longer 22 folks, so I don't know all the cool lingo, but apparently that's what he got little baby. I couldn't show up at mandatory workouts for the team because my boy, Lil Baby, uh, was celebrating a birthday. You know, that's what I thought James it was Harden's. a pretty bad look, especially the time we're in. It's also Christmas time. Maybe his James Harden's PR people could have visited a children's hospital before that. Or, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, it's, it's funny. Still a yeah. little weird. I mean, is he going to have to quarantine now and say, yo, I was just at a party with little baby in Atlanta. I can't do anything. I'm going to have to quarantine for a week. I mean, I, that's a guy who doesn't want to play. Listen, I, I'm not like let's let's kowtow to the superstars, but if you don't want to be there, get him out of town. Get the best deal you can now. The longer you wait, the less you get. Like you got to make that move now. All right, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, we're bringing in somebody from D.C. to talk about this John Wall Russell Westbrook deal. Um, is Bradley Beal going to like it? What does this mean for Davis Bertans and Thomas Bryant? Uh, and um, who's the guy from Gonzaga that's Rui Hachimura, one of the great names in the NBA. We'll talk about all that next. But first, here's Isaac Lowenkron with What's Trending. Morning, Jason. Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman reported a short time ago that fourth-ranked Ohio State is expected to be without several starters on its offensive line today at Michigan State due to COVID issues. Well, now Pete Thamel has just reported that Ohio State will also be down multiple defensive backs today kickoff at noon Eastern. On Friday night, number 25, Louisiana led Appalachian State 24-21 with five seconds to play, but Appalachian State attempting a 30-yard field goal for the tie. Here are Louisiana announcers Jay Walker and Gerald Broussard on KPEL. Ball just inside the left hash mark, which is where most right-footed kickers like it. And the kick is up, and it is no no, good. No, no. It is no good (laughs) with one second left. He hooked it to the left. (laughs) (laughs) This is the third year in a row that the last regular season game is going to end with the other guy missing a kick. And as a result of the other guy missing a kick, the Raging Cajuns now 9-1 overall. College basketball Friday night. Marquette and fourth-ranked Wisconsin tied at 65 in the final seconds. Marquette on the free-throw line. Here are Marquette announcers Steve the Homer True and Tony Smith on WTKI. High game, point nine left. Free-throw is short. 
Rebound on the tap. Lewis right got it. Again. That's it. That's game. That's game. game. That the is game. Machine. Justin wow. Lewis tapped in the missed re- the missed free throw. Wow. Justin Lewis, the rebounding machine. And Marquette wow. up 67-65. And there is major violation of whatever the rules are with COVID. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> the second free throw missed. And the tap by Justin Lewis and Marquette knocks off the fourth-ranked team in the country, 67-65. And with that, Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, it's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico. Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, we're going to bring on a guest from D.C. He's at NBC Sports Washington, 106.7 The Fan, Nick Ashu. Nick, hey, good morning. How are you? What's up, man? How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I, listen, we were just trying to sink our teeth into this John Wall-Russell Westbrook swap. Kind of felt like a, a swap of unhappy stars or fading stars, if you will. Um, let's start with John Wall, who, man, this guy was the number one pick in the draft. And I'll never forget how his opening night Dougie was received. Um, this guy was a college basketball star at Kentucky for a year. I know he didn't make the Final Four or win a title, but there were expectations coming in. And and John Wall wins, I believe, three playoff series, Nick. Um, how, how is there a word to characterize his time in D.C.? I actually would say cruel because there were so many high expectations, and there were so many highs. And we go back to 2017, when he hits that game-winning shot against the Celtics in the second round of the playoffs to force Game 7. He, he's on the scorer's table, and he's celebrating with fans. Yeah. They lose that next game, and then he's injured the next year and injured the year after that. And Listen, John Wall did incredible things in the community. Like I think one thing that has made Wizards fans more upset than any with this, and you know, obviously the motion gets in there, and people tend to overreact. How can you do this to John Wall? How can you get rid of him? Look at what he did in the community. This move had nothing to do with like who he was as a person, what he did in the community. This was strictly a business decision for the team. But you, you, we had these moments, and uh, you know, I, I talk about that 2017 because people were talking about the Wizards going to the conference finals next year. I mean, they lost to the Hawks in the second round the year before that, but Wall broke his wrist. So they, the, the expectations for this team were sky high before that, and then all he does is miss basketball games. He continues to get hurt. And now he's traded. So it's, it's, it's one of those roller coasters. And we've seen this with athletes so many times where they're on a really high mountaintop and then all of a sudden everything changes in a short period of time. Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, you know, they didn't lose a playoff series. You know, you get bounced to an eventual champion. It looks bad. None of the teams that bounced them ever won the title. Like, I know that's really nitpicking, but does he get kind of a pass for the injuries? And where does he go from here? Well, I think there's there's somewhat you know, it's hard because I know people try to use that as an excuse, right? They're like, well, you know, we can't use injuries as an excuse. Well, if you're not on the court and you're not healthy, yeah. it's it's kind of a fact. Like that does have something to do with it. I, there, I don't think like never expected this core Wizards team. You go back to when they had Otto Porter there too and all that, like to win a championship. That wasn't going to happen because you still had LeBron in the East. Yeah. They weren't going through LeBron. They were never beating him. But to to watch the expectations be unfulfilled and then the last two years the way it's gone for this team, there's there's certainly a lot of disappointment for him though. Now in his situation, this is a good, a fresh start for him is probably the best situation. And I'll tell you this, 
Bradley Beal signed off on this deal. They're not making huh. this trade without Bradley Beal saying, okay, let's do this. And uh, the thing that worries me the most, because there's obviously tons of layers to this onion with the Russell Westbrook coming to D.C. scenario, but how does Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal coexist in that backcourt versus John Wall and Bradley Beal at least knew each other. They knew how to play with each other. May not have always been perfect, but they understood each other. Russell Westbrook, dude, that's a whole other animal right there. Now with now with Bradley Beal, I mean, it is it is going to be incredibly interesting to see whether they gel or not. Yeah, so uh Nick, that was that was good stuff. I'm curious though, when you say Beal signed off on that, um, how many superstars in the last few years have we seen sign off on something, and then within six months, yeah, this ain't going to work, and they ask for a trade. Do you see that happening for Bradley Beal? There is a possibility. Uh, if, if this turns into one of those situations where Beal and Westbrook can't coexist or the chemistry's not there, and by the way, let's point out, it's going to take some time, no matter who is put together on a new team, to develop a little chemistry. But you know all people will be, they'll overreact, and they'll talk about this thing imploding five games into the season. But <laughs> if that happens and then it continues 50 games into the season or whatever the case is, Bradley Beal is going to start at least considering what his options mm-hmm. could be because I'll tell you this, he does want to be in D.C. forever. He has said privately and even in other ways hinted publicly that he wants his jersey hanging from the Raptors in Capital One Arena. Now, whether that actually happens, depends on really how this team plays this year. If they get back to the playoffs, I think he finds himself continuing to see where this progresses now that you have a healthy team, hopefully, and there's some young talent on this roster and they're starting to go in the right direction. Tommy Shepard's a good GM, and he's had to clean up a huge mess that was there. But if this is one of those things where Russell Westbrook wants to be who he was in OKC again, and we know without Kevin Durant, he was horrific in the playoffs and got bounced early and could barely shoot 40% from the field, takes bad shots, good on the list of the negatives when it comes to Russell Westbrook. Despite all that talent that's there, if this doesn't work, I would not be surprised if you start to at least hear whispers Mm -hmm. that Bradley Beal wants to look at other options and try to force his way out. All right, Nick, uh, somebody mentioned to me, hey, keep an eye on this. Scott Brooks is the head coach of the Wiz, and he has a relationship with Russ uh, dating back to OKC. Is Bradley Beal enough of a, a, a leader that he would say, listen, this is my team now, Russ, you're on my team? And then Bradley maybe feels a little tug from the coach who's like, listen, I know Russ, he's a proven star, he's been to the finals. Um, do you think that could be a factor, or am I reading too much into it? No, you're at, that's, that is another thing that I've been talking about for the last couple of days, too, is, I mean, we talk about gelling on the court, but it's also just the personalities gelling, too. Like, people can sit here and talk about analytics and putting players in certain positions because the numbers say this works in this situation. You don't have any numbers or stats to, to, to figure out whether chemistry is going to work or not. And the, these two guys, Bradley Beal, is the, this is his team. And Tommy Shepard, the general manager, has said in multiple press conferences before this season started, this is Bradley Beal's team, which also kind of showed us the writing was on the wall when it came to John Wall because people would ask about John Wall, and he'd say, you know, we're so happy to have him back and we hope he's healthy, we can't wait, but this is Brad's team. Mm. So coming in, Russell Westbrook needs to understand that this is Bradley Beal's team, but that doesn't mean that Russell Westbrook is then going to accept that, and that you know that kind of goes back to my whole how do they gel together, because Beal has established himself now in the market with the fan base and with everybody in the organization that he is the man on this team, and if, if Russell Westbrook can't accept that and thinks that this is going to be his team, that's that's going to be where the problem really is. And you're right, the, the Scott Brooks dynamic is interesting because I know this, he loves Russell Westbrook, yeah. and before this trade happened, he said to a couple people privately, like, I would love to have Russell uh-huh. Westbrook, and 
they made it happen. And now it's kind of one of those, you reap what you sow, so you better make this work. Well, I guess uh, for guys like you and I, this is great This is great content material down the road because it sounds like an implosion <laughs> waiting to happen. All right, Nick, I'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, I'm looking at the Wiz depth chart, and um, you know, it leaves something to be desired when your uh, backup guards are Ish Smith and Jerome Robinson. Uh, Troy Brown, eh, we don't know what he is. Denny Avja, the rookie, uh, I like him, but I don't think he's going to be a major contributor. There are some depth issues there. I put out my top eight in the East before this trade, and I didn't have Washington in there, and I still don't have them. Do you have them making the playoffs next year? I can see them tweaking in just because it's mm. the East, but here's the, here's the big question. Like, the East is better. I, we've seen it. Certainly, it's, it's not as bad as it you know, was a couple years ago. It was like LeBron and everybody else. But they got to be better defensively. The joke around D.C. was always, like, first to 120 because the Wizards <laughs> couldn't play any defense, so it's, well, I guess just outscore everybody. And they could score. I mean, they scored points when Beal actually missed games last year. They beat the Celtics and the Nuggets and the Heat when Beal didn't even play in those games. So it was just shocking that they were able to do it. But that being said, they've got to be better defensively. I, yeah, you go down that roster, Troy Brown Jr., that, he needs to step into the role of their, like their starting three. He needs to be the guy now that takes that next step. He's a first-round pick. He's somebody that has high expectations. He's had his time to grow in the league. And I've seen – he looked good in the bubble, but I've seen too many times with him where he kind of looks like Otto Porter. He's the guy that just kind of stands in the corner and looks back and, oh, no, you don't have to give me the ball. I don't need it. He needs to be more aggressive. Danny Avdi is going to be nice. I actually, I do really like him, but there, there's a rawness to him. It's going to take time for him to develop into somebody that I think contributes in a more major role for this team. They have young talent that has potential, but, like, they're not winning a championship with this. They're probably a first-round-and-out team. But to go back to what you said, and you're absolutely right, the entertainment value of Russell Westbrook coming to D.C. is phenomenal. And, and I know this, the national conversation around the Wizards is going to be a lot more than we've had in the past, just given the fact you got Russell Westbrook in a Wizards uniform. Yeah, now. great stuff. Nick Ashu, follow him on Twitter at Nick, A-S-H-O-O-H, NBC Sports Washington, 106.7 The Fan. Nick, keep up the good work. Great stuff, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. All right, Nick. Uh, wow, he's good. That's a great find, Gavin. He, he guy knows his Washington Wizards. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a mildly interesting team to watch, given Westbrook. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. So uh, we'll, we'll stick with the NBA. They just put out the Christmas schedule. It is going head-to-head with the NFL. We don't know if college football uh, will be on Christmas Day. I'll look at the schedule. I don't think, but I do believe around it there will be. Um does it even excite you? Uh, are you how, or are you more pumped for Nets Warriors on Valentine's weekend? We'll talk about that next here on Fox Sports Radio. Chris, any time this song comes on, any human being, what are there, 330 million humans in America? I would venture 300 million of them instantly start doing something to this song. Great song. It's just a classic. It's top five Christmas, Christmas song. songs of all time. I put I put it number one. To be honest, uh, Wham! Last Christmas is up there, and I have to say, gosh, this is such a dad life comment. My daughter was into ice skating, so she joined this ice skating team, and I, you know, I would take her to practice, but I'm locked in working and stuff, not paying attention that much. Take some pictures and then go back to work, you know, for the gram. And I go to her performance last year, and they come out to the Kelly Clarkson Christmas song, and I, I'm sure she has a lot, but you know, it's the one. And that instantly rocketed up into my top four. Uh, Kelly Clarkson, Something, Something Christmas. But it's a great song. And no lie, I've been in the car. Don't really hear anything good on the Christmas uh, station. 
and I will just pop on that song on my iTunes and just blast it in my car. I like it that much. All right. Uh, should we do the play of the day, Gavin? Okay. All right. We'll do that in a second. Quickly looking at the NBA schedule for Christmas. So the the big one is Vikings-Saints on Christmas Day. That's an awesome game. By the way, the Vikings are creeping uh, into the mix. So they might get to the playoffs, which would be shocking after the start. Um, so I think that will steal the headlines. However, Pelicans Heat is the first game on Christmas Day. You knew Zion was going to be on Christmas Day in some way, shape, or form against the defending Eastern Conference champs. Then Warriors Bucks. Um, uh, what do they want to get Steph Curry killed on Christmas Day in front of everybody? That may not go well. Uh, Nets Celtics. Kevin. Dur- there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Durant against Jason Tatum. Ooh, that's tasty. Then the marquee game, 8 o'clock. Mavs, Lakers, Luka Doncic, and LeBron. Now, is this a shot from the NBA, Gavin, at Giannis to not have him in the marquee game against the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, we remember the Bucks were playing at noon in the playoffs, remember? Yeah! They, they completely understand that Giannis himself does not draw. You have to have a dancing partner. That team doesn't draw. Uh, I don't think Drew Holiday is going to change that. <laughs> uh, Mavericks, Lakers, and then the nightcap, uh, which is perfect for us out here in L.A., uh, Clippers, Nugs. Not bad. But Luka Doncic, um, you know, everybody's going to be betting him to win the MVP this year. Luka, LeBron, they obviously have their friends. And, you know, Luka and Kobe had a good friendship. So, uh, pretty good Christmas Day schedule. Um, all right, let's get to the Geico play of the day. Ball just inside the left hash mark, which is where most 
right-footed kickers like it. And the no. kick is no. up, no. and it is no, no. good. No. no, It is no good <laughs> with one second left. He hooked it to the left. <laughs> this is the third year in a row that the last regular season game is going to end with the other guy missing a kick. Adam Witten, Learfield IMG College, App State, Friday night lights. Um, I hear it was a good game. I did not have money on it, so I was not watching it. Um, but apparently it was a thriller. Uh, missing a 30-yard kick. Maybe they should have got the girl from Vanderbilt to kick for them. Um, no, she doesn't kick kicks. She just Oh, she's them. just a yeah. kickoff person. Okay, she's a kickoff <laughs> specialist. I didn't. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't know college football was going to kickoff specialists. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. Geico.com, easy. Um, decent college football slate today. I saw Alabama faces LSU tonight. Any other year, that's like a marquee matchup. It's like being talked about all week. I think Alabama's a four-touchdown favorite in that one. So uh, not a lot of juice for Tied Tigers. Um, and with no Thursday night football for the NFL, it, it's like, holy cow, the NFL Sunday slate. Now there's two Mondays and one Tuesday. I, I mean, I know the NFL's like struggling with COVID, but to get two Monday games and a Tuesday, that's pretty damn good. And they have a better split on Sunday. So I'm extremely fired up about week 13 in the NFL. We'll do picks uh, at the top of the hour here in a couple minutes. Uh, week 13, I like some ugly dogs. Make sure you keep it locked here on Fox Sports Radio. Hi, everybody. I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. You may know me from Game Day View or Game Day Morning on NFL Network. Basically, any shows with the word game in it, odds are you'll find me there. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, like breaking down games, questioning Tom Brady's genetic makeup. It's going to be great. I'm also doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. We want to hear from you, fans of the NFL. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Did you commit a misdemeanor crime when you were 12 and need to tell somebody about it? Please, for the love of Roger Goodell, do not tell me. I can be held accountable. Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council.
hour number two here on Fox Sports Radio. It's me, ladies and gentlemen, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. One hour in the books, two to go. Lovely Saturday out here in Los Angeles. Excited for week 13 in the NFL. We get him on every week. He's been coming on here for about four years. By the way, you know how we are trying, you know, we're trying to be kingmakers here at Fox Sports Radio. We bring on T.A. He starts to blow up. He gets a job at Sharp Football. I saw him quoted in an ESPN gambling article this week. T.A., you are everywhere. You're going to be a global sensation soon. Don't forget the little people on your way up. How you doing, man? Uh, good, Jason. Yeah, you were. I'll be honest. You were the first one. You actually. Uh, I remember when I had probably had a uh, eighty followers uh, a handful of years <laughs> ago. You retweeted me once because you asked for uh, some advice on some NFL picks, and I believe I went like eight and zero on those picks, and so <laughs> I went from about eighty followers to about two thousand in a matter of a couple of days. So uh, you you are the person that. Um, you know, kind of kick kick this off. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, we uh, we always talk about uh, picks uh, during the week. Uh, and TA, let me just start with this. Every year in November, man, I struggle. And it, it, this year's the same deal. I was crushing it in the circa con the one point four million dollar contest. I was one hundred eighteenth, rolling along, and then November hits, and that's when you know you you have a family now and a house and a wife. You got duties. And and again, I'm not saying like that. I'm blaming my family and stuff. But like life gets in the way. And it's been a rough go for me. Last week I felt kind of good. And ultimately I made some last minute idiotic decisions. And I got screwed. Uh, I thought the Browns was the right side. They, they kind of got shafted there in the final minute. Uh, the Giants were rolling along. And then it, the quarterback gets hurt. Whatever, man. You got to put it behind you. Let's get uh, uh, let's get started. Week 13. Um. Let's look at this Houston indie game that kind of jumps out because Houston took some money early in the week, and then Monday afternoon the PEDs hit, and now the Colts are favored by three, three and a half. Where are you on this one? Yeah, I actually hit indie uh, at two and a half mm. um, on Monday, the second that uh, that the news came out, and really, yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's a couple of things. One, you know, on the indie side, you know, they struggled last week, right? Like they couldn't stop Derrick Henry. They're getting yeah. pushed around the defense. And this is a good, good defense. It really was a matter of DeForest Buckner being out with COVID, Danico Autry on the defensive line, Bobby Okariki at linebackers. You know, they're missing multiple guys and they got pushed around. You could kind of throw that, that game out the window, in my opinion. Um, now they get those guys back. Now they do lose a uh, uh, Costanzo uh, left tackle, but the, you know, the Texans don't really have a pass rush. Um, so I don't think they're going to be hurt that much, but really it, it's the combination of those guys coming back with the fact that, you know, Houston loses Will Fuller and Will Fuller for, you know, uh, he, all the jokes about his injuries in the past. I mean, he's, he's had a fantastic year. He was top 15 in pretty much every advanced metric that you can find for wide receivers. And we've seen historically, Deshaun Watson's numbers just fall off a cliff when he's not on the field. I mean, his yards per attempt drop by almost point and a half, one and a half yards uh, when he doesn't play uh, in, in Deshaun Watson's career. His yards per game go down about 60 yards, and that was with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, now you don't have that um, on the other side of the field. And not even that, they, they cut Kenny Stills a couple weeks ago. Randall Cobb is on IR. So, mm. you know, you really got Brandon Cooks and a bunch of nobodies. Kiki so that's Kuti. really going to be an <laughs> 
Yeah, Kiki Kuti. So you got a bunch of nobodies out there. So that's really that's that's going to hurt them. And look, at the other side of the ball, and no one's really talking about this, is just as big of an influence or, or impact is the loss of cornerback Bradley Roby. I mean, quietly on a bad defense, he was he was ranked 19th by Pro Football Focus among all NFL corners in terms of coverage grade. You knock him off that that lineup. You got to pull up Vernon Hargraves. He's Ooh. now your number one corner. Vernon Hargraves is 113th out of 119 corners, according to PFF and coverage. He's he's been a disappointment since he's come in this league. Um, they have nobody else really on the outside. I mean, like Philip Gaines is a journeyman. He he's uh, close to hundredth in coverage grade. So I mean, Philip Rivers could be able to throw the ball all over the field. And the Houston Texans really struggle covering tight ends and running backs. I mean, they're 26. Uh, in covering running backs, or 29th in success rate covering tight ends, and 29th in yards per attempt. And who does Philip Rivers love to throw to? Running backs and yeah. tight ends. To me, this is just a really good matchup. And Deshaun Watson, for as great as he's been playing, he has been great. He's faced a lot of easy secondaries. I mean, the Lions, the Jags, even the Packers, the Patriots, who are 30th in DVOA pass defense, all have contributed to kind of his hot recent streak. So I, I think this is just, again, a really good matchup. And you know, I'd love it a lot more if it stuck around three. I think it's a three and a half now um, if you haven't gotten it yet. But I, I still think this this could be a, a kind of a seven to ten point victory for the Colts. So I like it here either way. I like the Colts. I Obviously, Frank Reich, big coaching advantage. But I want to go back to Costanzo. A lot of the casual listeners here at TA are going to be like, oh, left tackle, it's no big deal. And, and, you know, J.J. Watt is a shell of himself. But without Costanzo last year, I mean, across the board, they were worse offensively. Now, I know it was Jacoby Brissett, but I mean, is there a way? Do you think Costanzo's worth a quarter of a point, a half a point, given the Phillip Rivers inability? He's got to to, to, to move around. He's got the toe injury that kind of is lingering. Um, any concern about that? Yeah, I mean, look, it's not ideal, but um, again, you don't have a good pass rush. You have a bottom 10 pass rush in the NFL with, with the, the Texans. And, you know, what does Phillip Rivers do? He gets the ball out quick. And like I said, the, the fact that Houston can't defend tight ends and running backs, and that's, that's where you get the short, quick passes, right? So he doesn't have to sit back there and look down the field and wait for his wide receivers to get down the field to, to get open. And that's where you would struggle with, without, you know, uh, uh, your top left tackle. He's going to get the ball out quick. He's going to Naheem Hines. He's going to go to Burton. He's going to go to Mo Ali Cox and those guys. And so I think that's where it gets negated. Um, you know, like I said, it's not ideal, but – uh, the other side of the ball, I mean, you can run the ball in this Houston Texans defense. They're worse than the NFL defending the run. So if, you know, the left tackle situation is a problem with pressure, you could just run the ball down the Texans' throw, and you're getting Jonathan Taylor back mm. as well. So, you know, that is an alternative, um, you know, in case that is an issue. But like I said, against if this is the Steelers or if this is against a, a pass rush that really is going to give you a hard time, I'd have a lot more worry, but uh, not against the Texans defense. All right, let's go to one of the best games of the week. Uh, Rams-Cardinals. McVay has owned Arizona, won six, and covered all of them since arriving with the Rams. Now, uh, only two of those came against Kingsbury and Murray. But this line is, was two and a half, three. It seems to be moving back and forth. I don't know, T.A. This is an Arizona team. They've been struggling of late. But I, I specifically want to ask you about the whole public versus sharp alleged divide. I had a bookmaker on my daily podcast this week, uh, Johnny Avello, who's like, listen, this whole like 90% of the public doesn't really mean that much on a one-off game in week 13. That's just the fact of the matter. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be betting the Cardinals here off that Patriots loss, and everyone's going to be on the Rams. Does that? Do you even care about that on a weekly basis? 
Um, you know, it's one of those things I just have in the back of my mind. If I'm to, just to give me pause, you know, there'll be times where like, yeah, you listen to analysts on TV and radio and everybody's on one side mm-hmm. and maybe you're on that side too. And you're just like, well, the line really hasn't moved in that direction. Why is that? So it makes me, it would just make me pause and say, what am I missing? Um, but sometimes the public and the, and the sharps are on the same side too. I don't really, it doesn't drive my decision-making at all because if it was just as easy as, oh, I'm going to do is fade the public every time and that's all I'm going to do, well, everybody would do that, right? And everybody <laughs> would win, and that's just not the case. Maybe maybe you win, like, maybe you wouldn't get killed. Uh, I've always told people, if all you did was fade the public, you won't win, you won't win or win much, but you definitely won't get killed because you're essentially on the same side of the books. But you're also not, you're not the bookmaker, so you're not getting that... Um, that minus 110, you're actually laying 110. So it doesn't work out the same. So it doesn't bother me. In terms of this game, I've actually seen plenty of people in Arizona. Because huh. people will, you know, the public will sit there and say, well, Arizona, why are they getting three points? The Rams just look terrible. Golf is not good. Um, you know, it doesn't make sense. So I've seen plenty of people. It's not, that's not really an issue here. Um, when I ran my numbers, I have, I actually had the Rams minus five. So to me, this was, because at first I was looking at the same thing. So I was surprised this line was, I thought it would be kind of a pick em or minus one. So I'm surprised when it opened and it got up to three. And then when I said, when I ran my numbers, I actually got it. I looked at it and I was like, oh, minus five is actually the right number. And again, from a matchup perspective, you know, Jared Goff struggles with what? Two things. He struggles with pressure and he struggles when defenses can cover kind of the, the quick passes. Uh, that's why the Niners always give him trouble because they have a very good pass rush and they have great linebackers who can cover the tight ends and the running backs and the quick passes. Well, Arizona's just middle of the pack in both pressure rate and uh, DVOA defense in short passes, right? They, they do a really good job defending the deep ball, but Jared Goff doesn't go deep, so it's really not an issue. So I don't have a problem uh, backing uh, Goff here. Uh, and then we know on the other side of the ball, Kyler Murray just is not running the ball as much as he used to because of that shoulder injury most likely. But then also, defensively, teams are just saying, okay, look, on that read option, we'll let you hand the ball off. We're just not going to let you keep it. So they're, they're, they're playing their defensive ends and their outside linebackers to cover that quarterback on the run. So he's not being as effective. And if you've got Jalen Ramsey essentially shadowing DeAndre Hopkins, where do, you, where do you go if you're the Cardinals? I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, for all the jokes about how old he is, doesn't go down the field, but he's very reliable on third down. You don't have that anymore. So I think kind of you, you throw that all in the pot uh, in the fact that the Rams did not look good last week, and they bounce back every time they've lost this year. They've won the next week. I, I think this is a good spot for the Rams, personally. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, it's probably a stay away from me just to enjoy the game. Um, I do want to – I touched out on the outset about the Eagles, and this is more of a nobody wants to touch these guys. They were terrible in a primetime game against Seattle. Everybody wants to bench Wentz. Meanwhile, the night before Sunday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers, oh, why isn't he in the MVP race looking great? I feel like this is a buy low, sell high um, – and and I kind of like the Eagles here. Um, I, I know there's nothing to like about the Eagles, no redeeming qualities whatsoever. But uh, this injury to the center of the Packers, he went on IR, and it looks like they're going to start a rookie somewhere on the offensive line. Um, there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. The Eagles, if they have a strength, it's the D-line. I, I, I'm taking the eight, eight and a half here. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Um, and like I said, I think, you know, when you, when you talked about the beginning about how, you know, you got into November and you don't have, you, know, you haven't had time to, to kind of do some of the homework and, and it's tough to win at this time of year. And really to me, the biggest reason is because of things like these injuries, right? Like no one's paying attention. The average Joe doesn't know about Corey Lindsley, right? He's number one <laughs> in PFF. Uh, among centers by a mile it's not even close in terms of great he, he's been awesome this year and so you're going to do some shuffling and along that line but again no one even factors that in their handicap uh who, who doesn't do this for a living or doesn't really pay attention so little things like that would you would miss as, as a average uh average person doing this so i'm glad you're, you're able to, to catch that and again like you said the eagles defensive line is really their strength i mean they put a lot of pressure on russell wilson last week i mean it's not like the not like Seattle was really moving the ball up and down the field. I mean, their defense was fine. So I think that, and we've seen Aaron Rodgers struggle, right, against pressure. He struggled twice last year in two blowout losses to the Niners because they got pressure without blitzing, which the Eagles do. Um, we saw Tampa. Tampa got all over him. And so when you can find a defensive line that can get pressure without blitzing, I think that's, that's the key here. Um, and I think without, you know, without your center, that's going to be exasperated. And the other side of the ball, I mean, Green Bay does not defend tight ends well. They're 31st in the NFL in yards per attempt allowed mm. to tight ends. They've struggled. They don't have good linebackers. And Ertz is back. And Zach Ertz is not, you know, the same as Zach Ertz as he's been, but he's still a functional, um, you know, reliable player at tight end. And Dallas Goddard is by far Carson Wentz's favorite uh, target. So look for them to, to really target the tight end and, and focus on attacking that side of the field. I just think getting over a touchdown here is too many points. Um, and so I'm with you on the Eagles. Yeah. All right, TA, great stuff on week 13. Now your Buckeyes, uh, oof, I just saw an injury report uh, from Bruce Feldman. We talked about it here on the show. Holy cow, they got a lot of injuries today against Sparty. Are they going to be all right? Um, yeah, I mean, Michigan State's terrible. But, <laughs> I mean, the line is still like 22 and a half. Oh, jeez. <laughs> They'll be fine. I mean, Michigan State cannot move the ball at all on offense. Their, their quarterback is terrible. 
Um, so I, maybe it's a little lower scoring, but I wouldn't really worry about this. I know um, you're an o- from- Ohio State guy, but I've been pushing uh, Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. Um, oh, no. I mean, you, you don't think he'd be good for Justin Herbert? No, no. Why, why, why Harbaugh? Like, what is? What well, is so yeah. The, so the, the part, the big argument would be that um, in this crowded LA market, the Chargers don't matter, and you get him a coach, you at least sell some tickets in that stadium next year when Whoa. they can have fans. I, oh, listen, Jason, Harbaugh's who, a big draw. Who goes the, wait, wait. What ticket holder says I'm going to be a fan because of a? Co- well, Jim a coach. Harbaugh had success at Stanford. Jim Harbaugh had success with the 49ers going to a Super Bowl. He's got some clout out here on the West Coast. He's done nothing at Michigan, but this is a guy who made Colin Kaepernick. He made him, and Kaepernick has done nothing since. I, well, I mean, again, remember this. Yeah. Keep this in your back pocket, real quick. The GM for the Chargers is Tom Telesco. He is a John Carroll native, who I know here uh, in Cleveland. Um, and you know who else went to John Carroll is Josh McDaniels. So just keep that. Oh, that's so keep- gross! Another Patriots guy. Just keep that. Just keep. Oh, Brian Flores doesn't uh, isn't doing well. Well, Brian Flores I mean, is the not. guy. Okay. Well, now hold on. It's funny. <laughs> we have discussions about this. Everybody's like, "Don't you want the enemy with the Jets?" Uh, Peterson won a Super Bowl. It's like, okay, Peterson won in his what second year, and what has he done since? And what has Nagy done in uh, in Chicago? And it's like, right, I agree. I I, I don't agree. know. Is the enemy the guy now? I, do you do you think McDaniel's will make a good coach? The way he, he screwed over the Colts. And I know that they ended up in a better place with Reich, but I don't know you, you McDaniel's. Oh, that's disgusting. Uh, oh no, I'm not. I'm not necessarily advocating for McDaniel. I'm just telling you. Just remember that connection. Yeah. Um, and remember, Brandon Staley is also a John uh, uh, coach at John Carroll. Um, the defensive coordinator, well. yeah. So that defensive coordinator for the Rams. So those are just a couple names just to keep in mind uh, in terms of connections. Um, but uh, again, I don't know if McDaniel's, the thing is, Bill Belichick once was a was a bad coach. Uh, not a bad coach, but he he did made a lot of mistakes uh, early on with Cleveland, Cleveland yeah. and then uh, got a second chance and, and righted the wrong. And you know maybe McDaniel's is the same thing, not to that extent, but you know these guys do learn, kind of get humbled here. So ho- hopefully uh, for his sake, he can do that. But just keep an eye on a couple mm. of those names. From, McDaniel's from is an Carroll offensive Cleveland. mind. Oh, I don't, I don't. I mean, it makes sense. The connections. I, I just, I'm not a McDaniel's guy. That's just me. Anyways, all right, T.A., great stuff as usual. Continued success. Enjoy the baby and the Ohio State win today. (laughs) Talk to you next week. Thanks, Jason. All right, that was T.A., really good stuff. Oh, that McDaniels thing just makes me want to vomit in my mouth. Gavin is a Chargers fan. I will let him take that in. We'll talk about it on the other side. Uh, Jason McIntyre Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, and now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A. to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Back here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, this is a good one. Um, Oh, geez, I don't want to guess who sings at Iowa Sam. Happy Holidays. Who is it? In sync. Oh boy. 
Hey, can I give a confession? Uh, here in the studio, they have four TVs. Obviously, there's no games on yet. And TNT is showing, like, I guess, a Star Wars marathon. And gosh, I'm glued to it. Oh, they just had the Anakin versus Obi-Wan battle. I don't know if you guys like Star Wars, but I'm telling you, it's awesome. And then you start, like, actually thinking about it and good versus evil and all that. It's just an awesome series. Just genius stuff. Um, All right, before we get to the college football slate, Iowa Sam. Gavin, I am curious. Your thoughts, T.A. is mentioning uh, some really gross connections between Josh McDaniels, the Chargers GM, the Chargers defensive coordinator. Um, My first thought is I'm going to vomit in my mouth. (laughs) Any uh, Patriots assistant is usually that's how I I feel. Um, No, I would want Bill Belichick outside of that. Oh, come on. He's not going. I I don't the thing is people don't understand how cheap the Spanoses are and I know some have tried to make arguments that you know they paid Joey Bosa look at some point you have to put the money somewhere but the amount it's going to take to bring in an Urban Meyer or a Lincoln oh, Riley no way. I just don't see it and it sucks because I know they're going to go the coordinator route they're going to get Arthur Smith there is not a more boring offense in the league than the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of I, Arthur I don't Smith. get I'm it. I'm so tired of hearing about how great – it's. I watch their games. They're awful. Like, the offense is putrid. I don't – they don't have a Derrick Henry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not excited uh, about what's going to happen. I still think Anthony Lynn is going to be the coach next year. I'm not kidding. Oh, like, come I have, on. Look at their last hires. Mike McCoy, Oof. Norvell Tor- Turner, right? <laughs> I loved Marty Schottenheimer. The, the one coach I liked, they got rid of after a 14-2 Didn't he go 14-2? Yeah, 14-2 yeah, yeah. because he didn't get along with the GM. Mm. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have high hopes, and it sucks because – you know, Colin said on his show yesterday, the worst thing you can do is waste a quarterback's talent. And I don't know. I don't I don't want to see uh, him get the Sam Darnold treatment of all these different coaches over the first few years. I was just going to say that. Uh, Sam Darnold's talent, no doubt being wasted. All right, let's go to college football real quick. Um, we got a guest coming up in five minutes. We'll talk a little college football. But Iowa Sam, resident Big 12 guy. Oh, um, Big 12 now. Well, Big 12 also, right? Big I mean, 12, Iowa 10, State. Yeah. Sure, I mean, sure. I know you're Big 10 correspondent. Heartland, but yeah. You're adding big. I was going to open with the Iowa State running back. Yes, Brees Hall. I mean, first of all, I keep seeing his name and I thought people were just joking around. That's his real first name? Brees, yeah. Yeah. Like you've seen the name. Um, well, yeah, like, yeah, Brees. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a name. I've never heard that name in my whole life. And it's B-R-E-E-C-E? It's not a name. Bryce is a name. Bryce, Bryce is my Bryce son's love. Name. So I was thinking cool of like, name. yeah, Bryce, Bryce, Brees. Drew you Brees. The, you have the name Reese, you know? You could just be with a B. Yeah. Anyway, he's a great running back, a sophomore. Out of, I thought he was a true freshman last uh, year. No, I think he's a sophomore uh, out of uh, Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, he's lighting the world on fire. Um, but I don't know, like... Big 12's down. Big 10's got this Ohio State situation. We're not going to see a really mediocre SEC team in the playoff, are we? Um, no, I, I think we have, you know, between Notre – if Texas A&M could get in, we have, you know, obviously Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama. We have plenty of teams picked for the top four. All right. Um, I, I just it, – it, Cincinnati, BYU. What's Is this BYU game happening today? 
Yeah. They're playing Coastal Carolina. Like, that's where we are in college football, the BYU Coastal. It's Game getting... day is there today. Are you serious? I'm not, they're in Coastal Carolina. Now, look, it's a big game. I think it's a matchup of undefeated teams, right? And they're both ranked. So, uh, you know. Coastal Carolina. Are they there. the Chanteliers or something? They are. Nice. Not Chandeliers. Chanticleers. Yeah, we had a Coastal Carolina. Um, Coastal Carolina. What was my I – th- I feel like I – no, I, I guess I have it. Um, I might have gone down – are they in South Carolina? Uh, Coastal Carolina is in North Carolina, I it believe. It is. Okay. Yeah. I had a buddy, I guess he – oh, no, he went to the College of Charleston. Sorry to confuse uh, Coastal Carolina and Charleston, everybody. Two 9-0 teams, both ranked. That doesn't get the the juices flowing. <laughs> I mean, the kid, uh, Zach, uh, the quarterback of BYU, he's – Zach he Wilson. Good, man. Excuse me, correction. Uh, actually, Coastal Carolina is in Conway, South Carolina. It my, is in South Carolina. My mistake. Uh, you, my mistake. you know that uh, Conway, what a small town. You know we're going to get so much heat for that from, like, the 75,000 listeners in South Carolina. How do you not know that, Iowa Sam? Uh, all right, we'll get back to college football next hour once the games kick off. But first, uh, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron with what's wrong. All right, Jason, we'll start in college football. 23 Ohio State players are going to be unavailable today as the fourth-ranked Buckeyes visit Michigan State at the top of the hour. That includes three of their starting offensive linemen, center Josh Myers, and both starting tackles in Thayer Munford and Nicholas Petit-Frere. Also unavailable today for Ohio State, backup offensive tackle Paris Johnson. And on defense, their starting middle linebacker Tuff Borland, defensive end Tyler Friday, and defensive back Josh Proctor. On Friday night, number 25, Louisiana, led Appalachian State 24-21. Five seconds to play. Appalachian State attempting a 30-yard field goal for the tie. Here are Louisiana announcers Jay Walker and Gerald Broussard on KPEL. Ball just inside the left hash mark, which is where most right-footed kickers like it. And the kick is up, and it is no No. good. No, no. It is no good (laughs) with one second left. He hooked it to the left. <laughs> this is the third year in a row that the last regular season game is going to end with the other guy missing a kick. In college basketball Friday night, Marquette and fourth-ranked Wisconsin tied at 65 on the final seconds. Marquette on the free-throw line. Here are Marquette's announcers Steve the Homer True and Tony Smith on WTKI. High game, .9 left. Free-throw is short. Rebound on the tap. Lewis got it. it. That's it. That's game. That's game. That is game. On that note, Jason, back to you. These guys are having fun. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, it's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Our next guest covers college football for the athletic He's done a lot with Notre Dame. We'll get to the Irish in a minute. But let's welcome in Matt Fortuna. Matt, how you doing this morning? Doing well, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's a weird college football Saturday. Alabama, LSU, and it's a four-touchdown spread. Uh, <laughs> and, and it seems like the marquee game is BYU 
at Coastal Carolina. I don't know, man. This has been a tough college football season for me, Matt. Just every weekend with the COVID, we're hearing about Ohio State. What's your state of mind on college football here as we uh, are early in December? It's different. It's definitely different. I don't blame you for feeling that way. I mean, if you're looking for a silver lining, I believe there are only 11 cancellations and postponements this week, down for about 18 each of the last two weeks. So maybe that's something. And, hey, the game we just referenced, they got college game day there, and it's the latest matchup between undefeated teams since the SEC title game between Tebow and Saban back in 2009. So at least one of them will get a chance to prove themselves on a slightly bigger stage today. Um, and it's an exciting time for the people of Conway, South Carolina, to get uh, the circus that is college game day rolled through their backyard today. So that's been fun to watch. But no question, it's been different. It's been a bit of a slog as we get here toward December. And I think, you know, I don't want to sound like Herc Street here and have to apologize for this. And I think he probably said a little bit too much on the playoff uh, show on Tuesday night. But I think the overall sentiment he shared is is one that's pretty popular throughout the sport right now, which is they're very there aren't a whole lot of teams with a whole lot of incentive to get this thing going and to be disciplined and to have the good fortune, if you will, to stay COVID-free and not get games canceled. We're seeing games canceled left and right all over the country, and we're at the point in the season now where we're seeing opt-outs, we're seeing firings, we're seeing uh, people turn the page toward next year. And um, when you're Notre Dame, when you're Clemson, when you're Ohio State, Alabama, Florida, all the teams that are still in the mix for a national championship run here, uh, you almost have two different – I don't want to say two different sports, but you have like yeah. your haves and your have-nots. You have your teams that are, are all in and are committed to finishing out this year and seeing what it brings them versus those that are already looking ahead to 2021. And when you put that picture up amid the backdrop of a pandemic, um, it, it's tough to see how these next few weeks play out. I know the SEC and ACC announced a couple schedule changes this week that will hopefully uh, mitigate the possibilities for cancellations. Uh, but, but this thing, as we know, is so unpredictable after nine months, and really who knows how this is going to play out um, the rest of the regular season. Now i got to ask you, Matt, you, you, you've covered college football a long time, and you know that at the end of the day it's a business. Uh, it's probably a billion-dollar business. And, I, I mean, the, I like the idea of a Cincinnati or BYU sneaking into the college football playoff, but the reality is that's a, a extreme long shot here, right? We know that Ohio State – uh, is a huge television draw, and the committee's going to do whatever they can to bend over backwards and make sure OSU uh, gets to that playoff, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the most fascinating part about this discussion. If we were talking about an undefeated Northwestern team that was not going to be eligible for their, their conference title game, I, I don't think we even give it a second thought, right? right? Ohio State has one of the biggest brands in college football. Uh, to their credit, they have one of the best coaches and rosters in college football, as we saw last year when they ran the table in the regular season and made it to the college football playoff semifinals uh, against Clemson. So I, I do think, you know, there's that human nature element of we know how good this team could be, but the reality is we don't. They played one good team and they beat him by seven points. And Justin <laughs> Fields threw three interceptions in that game. Um, you feel bad for Ohio State because, who? I mean, I, I can't sit here and tell you they can't win it all if they get in because we all know the talent that that program recruits to each and every year. And we know how good Justin Fields is when he's at his best, but it's going to be really tough if you play six, maximum seven games to, to judge you against teams that have played a full, a full schedule. I mean, what happens if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC title game and Notre Dame loses to Clemson? You've got Florida, you've got Clemson, 
You probably have Alabama, and then it's a, an 11-1 Notre Dame team with a win over the number one team in the country and a loss to the number one team in the country versus a 6-0 or 7-0 Ohio State. I mean, mm. can you imagine the, the cry fest that's going to happen between those two fan bases yeah. if it comes down to that? I mean, and that's a very realistic scenario here. So um, I'll be fascinated to see. First off, if the Big Ten does anything this week, if, if Ohio State can't play Michigan, I mean, the Big Ten has to come to their senses, get those ADs in a room or on a Zoom call, and say, look, this is the best team in our conference. We can't disqualify them from the Big Ten championship game because Maryland and Michigan had outbreaks. That's just not fair. That's yeah. not doing our, our conference any justice. But, you know, the, the Big Ten hasn't exactly um, gone with conventional wisdom every step of the way in 2020, so we'll see. Yeah, no, that's it's fascinating because you're right. Notre Dame, Ohio State, you, you expect them to get it. Let me ask you about the Irish, okay? They beat Clemson as you— There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. You mentioned Clemson was without Trevor Lawrence in that one. Do you think in the rematch, uh, obviously uh, Clemson was also missing a couple defenders, if if memory serves. Um, Let's say Clemson wins that one handily by 21. Do you think that really hurts the Irish and that probably pushes them out? Or, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I mean, if they get blown out, it's going to be a real discussion if there are other worthy teams. If Florida beats Alabama... Um, you know, I mean, I think Alabama, we expect to win out and get in. If Clemson wins out, they'll get in. If Ohio State wins out, they'll probably get in. And then, I mean, I don't think Cincinnati's going to steal a spot from anybody. I think it would take chaos for Cincinnati to be in position to maybe get in there in the Final Four. And I, I don't think Texas A&M is a real threat right now. I mean, maybe last week was an outlier, but they did not press me at all against LSU. 
Um, and I'm not just not sure they're good enough to, to call themselves right now one of the four best teams in the country. But the blowout scenario is the one that, that that's a worst case scenario if you're Notre Dame uh, for, for the reasons you just mentioned. Um, yeah, I, I don't look. Trevor Lawrence is going to make a difference. He's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, at least. And any time you take that guy off the field, that's worth points. That said. DJ Uyunglele yeah. threw for over 400 yards that game. It might be the third best quarterback in the country right now. <laughs> the rest of the season. I mean, Clemson, their last two games have had two different 400-yard passers. That's the embarrassment of riches that Dabo has on his hands in that quarterback room right now. Um, the, the defenders, the, the, the health of the defense is what's going to make the difference for Clemson. I mean, Notre Dame was able to run up their down their throat uh, pretty much at will that game and establish the point of attack, be the physical more physical, stronger, uh, tougher team, and ultimately wear that team out uh, when all is said and done, double overtime. So I think, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence will make a difference, sure. He's that good. But Brent Venables having a full deck of cards to play with is what's going to be the difference between round two from round one. All right, a scary scenario here. Uh, I'm getting radical with you, okay? <laughs> all right, Matt, let's say with we're seeing bowl games get canceled all over the place, right? Oh, it's just too risky. We can't do it. The committee sees Ohio State canceled against Michigan. Hey, we got to get Ohio State in. You know what? Let's expand the playoff just for this year. At 2020s an outlier. Let's push it to eight. We'll get Ohio State in there. We'll get one of Cincinnati or BYU. Just Pete will make everybody happy. You can never please everybody. But this is a rare scenario where maybe everybody's pleased. Matt, any chance at all? On a one-off, I mean, look, they say. I, I, I love chaos. Like the more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. I'm with you. Is that actually going to happen? I, I just have a hard time seeing it. There's, there's obviously the the financial and contractual obligations that they'd have to kind of undo. But, but more than that, I think there's a sense of we still don't know where we're going to be as a country at that point. And so, if we're going to kind of spin the sport, turn the sport on its head, and, and make this radical change. We need assurance that it's going to work. And, and frankly, there's no assurance. I mean, mm. we heard the Rose Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl this week announced they're not going to have any fans at their games. Uh, you don't know what kind of state the country will be in for, from the pandemic standpoint come playoff time. I mean, what happens if one of these teams has an outbreak while they're preparing for the playoffs? So I, I, I don't see them adding potential complications yeah. by adding a couple more playoff games amid what's already an incredibly uncertain time. But, hey, if they want to go for it, like everyone else in the country, um, I'll sit down, watch, and enjoy it. Yeah, I, I guess the only people who would be against it are the people who are, uh, you know, understandably upset about COVID and what's going on and outbreaks. I don't know, Matt. Again, I haven't been on a college campus in a, in a couple years, but is it that difficult to just say, can we bubble up right after the holidays? Um, everybody's obviously going to be around their family for Christmas. If they, If everybody can bubble up for seven, eight days... Do you, I mean, maybe I'm being too optimistic. Um, well, I, I've heard like every possible definition uh, of Bubbleville and college basketball for, through, through two weeks, and I keep seeing teams leave. So they don't really sound like actual bubbles to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are still outbreaks there. And I think, you know, college football sake, a lot of these, these programs were hoping that they moved their semester, Notre Dame moved their semester up, right? They sent everyone home way ahead of Thanksgiving. They're not going to come back till like January or something. You've got about six weeks or so, eight weeks or so. Uh, where you're the only people on campus as a football team. And, and look, to Notre Dame's credit, they haven't had any outbreaks um, in the last two months, but we're still seeing outbreaks around the country despite campuses emptying out for the holidays. So uh, as much as I'd like to see 
them do something or, or come up with something that could somewhat resemble the NBA bubble, which was obviously a hit, or the NHL bubble or the WNBA bubble. Um, it doesn't look like that's in the cards for college sports right now. All right, Matt Fortuna. You can follow him at The Athletic and at, at Matt underscore F-O-R-T-U-N-A. Matt, enjoy the games today. And, uh, you know, listen, if the eight-game playoff happens, just remember, like, oh, man, I can't believe we talked about that craziness. And it's happening! <laughs> there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Uh, I'm optimistic, but uh, yeah, I'm also a realist. Thanks a lot, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right, uh, Matt Fortuna. Good stuff. Uh, listen, college football, it's been one of those years. I saw Iowa Sam in there kind of shaking his head a little bit, and it can get depressing. Uh, coming up next, you know, I'm going to ask Iowa Sam about some of these college football games, but also uh, my sleeper in the NFC will, uh, for the NFL uh, coming back here on the Jason McIntyre Show, Fox Sports Radio. This is another one. The Waitresses. I know that. The song rocks. As you can tell, I'm one of those kind of geeky guys about the holidays. I don't know. Listen, uh, Gavin said it well early. You want a sense of normalcy, and Christmas music gets me feeling normal. Um... Got an interesting guest coming up at the top of the hour. We haven't done a lot of media stuff lately. Now, back when the show started, I think five years ago, I did the occasional, eh, maybe maybe more than occasional, but we did a lot of like sports media stuff. And I feel like that's gotten less interesting in recent years. But some big stuff happened this week. Um, a big guy in sports radio is leaving our rival network. I had, at one point, a really good relationship with him. As soon as I started appearing on The Herd, and then I moved to L.A. for 
FS1, the guy just, you know, stopped responding. We stopped being friends. I guess he thought I picked FS1 over ESPN, but whatever. Um, so we'll talk about a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, media, media talk. I just, I don't know how interested the audience is. And that is the key to everything. Like, I'm out here to please the audience. I know what you guys want, so I'm giving it to you. Now, sometimes I got to give you what you need. We talk about that all the time. Like, my kids don't want to eat vegetables. They need vegetables. So I'll make them sit there at dinner. I can't take all the credit. My wife makes them sit there at dinner, and they've got to eat the vegetables, right? They don't want it, but they need it. And you guys need sports. You don't need me bringing on animal experts. You don't. You turn the channel, and the affiliates go away. That's how it works. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that at the top of the next hour. Um, So hopefully you'll stick around for that. Um, Iowa Sam, I proposed a radical college football idea to our last guest with the idea being this is a wacky year. Speaking of, we just got word in the last two minutes that the number one college basketball team, Gonzaga, is playing number two Baylor today. That game was just canceled. That's what this year has been. Everybody's looking forward to Baylor, Gonzaga. Gonzaga, by the way, is a loaded team this year. They're always very good. They're loaded this year. Baylor's very good. And that game's just canceled. College football is going to see more cancellations. I know our guest said that it was down to 11. We don't know what it's going to be next week. Okay? We don't know what's going to be in two weeks. And I proposed the idea, Iowa Sam, of why not expand to an 18 playoffs? Why not give it a shot? We get BYU in there. The mid-major crowd is happy. And maybe we get Cincinnati in there. Um, I don't. I, what do you think? Is that too radical? I I understand where you're coming from because it can help remove some doubt. You know, if you let in more teams, I've just I wanted the eight team playoff to be unveiled um, with a regular, like a regular normal season. Because I feel like you've done more work. You've played 12, 13 games. Okay. You know, if you're a, a Boise State or you know a, a mid major of some kind. I, I wanted to save the eight the eight team playoff until like a, a normal twelve game schedule. Does, but I understand where you're coming from because yeah, you, you just don't know who really is a top ten team. I mean, you do, but what order? And you know, so let in more teams, and then you you can figure out. With yeah, the you let in more untraditional outsiders: BYU, Cincinnati. Who knows? Maybe Coastal, whatever. One of those three. Um, but I guess if you do it and you let in the mid majors. They're going to think that they can always get in. But the reality is there's going to be a Big 12. There's going to be a Pac-12 in the 18 when we get there. There's probably going to be two SEC. You know, the big boys are going to sit at the table and eat first. Right? Yeah. No, I, I, if we're going to start with an eight-team playoff, then we need to do it from here on out, I think. Can't just go back to four. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I think eight is like the, the way to go. Eight is perfect. All right, six or eight. I like that. Six, meaning the top two would get a yeah, buy. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing that in the NFL that that buy is not what you really want, though. It depends. I, it could be some, in some teams they play uh, every week and they're you know no rust and they play really well. And then other teams like the Patriots would take uh, take advantage of a a bye week and uh, yeah, I mean use it to their advantage. So yeah, this this is true with the great coach. Um, all right, let's go quickly back to the NFL. Well, we got a couple minutes left here in the hour. Um, I saw something from Seattle Monday night that I hadn't seen all year. And that's anybody watching who has two eyes saw it. Um, the Seahawks now have a defense. Carlos Dunlap is a factor. 
he has led a resurgent Seattle defense, and they've played well the last few weeks. Scuffled Arizona. Really have looked sharp. Uh, even kept the Rams in check a large parts of that game. And I know they didn't win that, but you got you got to keep an eye on Seattle. I can see them coming out of the NFC, folks. I know the Saints are loaded. Top 10 in offense, defense, special teams. Keep an eye on the Seattle Seahawks. All right, coming up next year, Fox Sports Radio. We'll do some sports media. What happens when one of the biggest sports radio shows goes away? Hour number three here on Fox Sports Radio. It's me, ladies and gentlemen, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. High noon on the East Coast, college football kicking off everywhere. It seems like the marquee game is Auburn, Texas, A&M. Kellen Mond still at A&M, Iowa Sam? I have no idea if he's still the quarterback there. I have not watched enough A&M. I'm told, yes, he is. So uh, you guys will dig into college football. I thought we'd change it up a little here at the top of the hour. A guest who, I don't know if he's been on in a while. Probably has been a while. He used to work with me at the big lead. He's now at OutKick with Clay Travis. Um, he is a Green Bay Packers diehard fan. I'm on some gambling chains, uh, text chains with him. And... Um, I think I have told him that I like the Eagles a little bit this weekend. He hasn't really replied to replied to that yet. So let's bring him in. Ryan Glassbeagle. Um, you probably know him from dominating the sports media beat. He broke some big news on Friday about a certain ESPN radio host leaving. We'll get to that shortly. Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um I, I don't see I've told you my theory on betting the Packers, and it's really dates back to almost a decade at this point, I think almost every variable with the Packers is almost irrelevant, except for how focused Aaron Rodgers is that day. If he's spreading the ball around to like seven or eight people, getting the ball out of his hands in under two seconds, they're unbeatable, but sometimes his focus lags, and it's difficult to predict when and why that's going to happen. Yeah, we were both on the Packers against the Colts, feeling great at halftime, up two (laughs) touchdowns, and it was just a nightmare in the second half. I don't want to revisit it. But, Ryan, the one thing that jumped out at me, someone mentioned this. So, Jay, look at the last four times the Packers have won games. What happened the next week? And that goes to your focus, okay? So they beat the Falcons, come out, and they do not cover and lose to the Bucs. Then they beat the Texans, and they come out and lose and don't cover against the Vikings. They beat the 49ers, and they kind of sleepwalk against the Jags and don't cover. But they beat the Jags. So that's another win. What do they do after that? The Colts game where they let down in the second half. And now we see them kill the Bears. So the last four times they've won games, they're 0-4 against the spread the next week. Now, Ryan, we know that trends don't mean a whole heck of a lot. But we do love to play armchair psychologist. I, I don't know. What can we take away from the Packers struggling the week after a nice win? Uh, well, I think one thing that we can take away as a constant struggle with them at this point is their rushing defense. So mm. Miles Sanders, I have him on two fantasy teams, and he's been on a milk carton. But, like, like I don't know where he's been, but if there's any week for him to break out, it's going to be this week. Last week, um, David Montgomery rushed for 9.4 yards of carry had 103 yards. There was that long run that I think I could have picked up 
25 yards through, and I'm not a very good athlete. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor had more rushing yards against the Packers two weeks ago than he had in the three weeks before that combined. You go back to that Jags game you mentioned, James Robinson rushed for 109 yards against the Packers. So I'd look for Miles Sanders to have a big game. And then another issue on the Packers' defense is their best pass rusher, Zadarius Smith, is questionable with an ankle injury. And I think like mm. he... Other, he or Jair Alexander is probably their two most important players on defense. So if he can't go or he's limited, that's going to make things very difficult on that side of the ball, even as they're going against an Eagles offense whose struggles have been well documented. Yeah. All right, we're talking with Ryan Glassbeagle. He is without kick the coverage, and he does a lot of sports media stuff. So let's let's go to it now. Listen, I know it can be risky to talk about sports media. I'm not bashing anybody here, but you broke the news that Dan Levitard over at ESPN is done. They're buying him out or whatever. He's, he's done in January. Um, I don't know, Ryan. We, we grapple with this all the time. Do you give the sports fans what they want or what they need? And Dan Levitard did not seem to love sports, didn't talk about sports a whole heck of a lot. Now, I confess to not listening to the show much in the last four years since moving out here. But he was always like, oh, let's bring on this zookeeper guy and let's do this and all this wacky stuff, which is fun. We we do. We mix it up occasionally. But we like sports. Like, I love talking NFL. Uh, I usually spend, you know, probably two hours of the show on the NFL. I, what does the departure say about, you know, the guys who don't really want to talk sports as much and want to talk about social issues and all that? Or am I reading too much into it? Well, I definitely think that ESPN is laser focusing around the personalities who have direct impact with the games or the bumper coverage. And I do think that it's fair to say that Levitard ran into a considerable amount of friction with ESPN management, especially in the new regime after Jimmy Pitaro took over for John Skipper as head of ESPN and Norby Williamson, the person who um, had some success kind of rebuilding Get Up, rebuilding 6 p.m. Sports Center. Radio came under his control, and he is a meat and potato sports talk guy. He wants who's going to be the MVP, what happened in the games, what's going to happen in them. And as you said, Levitard over the last several years especially has become more of a generalist show than necessarily sports-specific. And so on ESPN Radio, I think that there are people that certainly could have gotten better ratings than Dan did. Dan took over for a good friend of yours, Colin Cowherd. And I think that if you look market by market, Colin's ratings were bigger than Dan's were in the same time slot. But Dan had a very big digital audience, and mm. if, we're, if digital is like the future, then you would have thought ESPN might want to prioritize one of, if not its most um, popular podcasts in the digital realm. But at the end of the day, ESPN's core business is airing live games, and to the extent that they're going to have any focus on radio going forward, it's going to be in service of promoting those games that they air on television. And 
Dan frankly wasn't very interested in that. <laughs> and so I think that this exit is a good move for both sides. So does this go back to hashtag stick to sports or whatever that hashtag is? I don't know that you necessarily need to stick to sports all the time. I mean, like there's going to be summer days when, I mean, how much NFL training camp can you talk? You and I both know baseball does great regionally. People watch it and have their favorite announcer and night in, night out. They're watching a Reds game or a Cubs game. But when it comes to like wanting to hear about other things that are going on in the sport nationally, there's not a huge amount of interest. But I think, I mean, at least during those fall months, like September, October, November, December, January, as we get to the college football playoffs and the NFL playoffs, those are times where if you're at ESPN or you're at Fox Sports and you're on the radio or you're on TV, that's pretty much all you've got to talk about. And if that's not what you want to do, then you should work somewhere else. Yeah, and I I think you just nailed it. Like, listen— on a, on a Monday after an NFL weekend, your show's got to be NFL. When a, what do sports fans watch? We know this. They watch the NFL more than any other sport. Okay, college football is kind of big. It's having a rough year, but um, it's the NFL. That's what sports fans want. And, and you know, again, in the past, I would turn on his show on a Monday, and it's not NFL. I was just a little surprised. I'm like, I, I want takes. I want thoughts on what maybe I missed. Maybe you're uh, offering an opinion I didn't I didn't get. But I, I want to expand that, Ryan, and go beyond kind of like just sports takes. And it's weird that there's like this this group on social media. You said Dan's show does well digitally. I'm sure it does great. Um, and they seem to like pick who they like. And it appears then that they are liking the people who are great. And, you know, Dan had a huge f- a following on social media. That's great. That's awesome. But these sports fans clearly were tuning him out because the ratings, as you said, were down. So can you talk about the divide now between social media stars uh, and ratings on radio or TV? Yeah, I don't think that you can point to any direct correlation one way or the other. And in fact, there's some people who are unpopular um, on social media who get the best ratings. I mean, social media doesn't love Michael Wilbon. If you remember a bunch of years ago, like Deadspin said that like Wilbon is the devil and PTI is like run its course. PTI is the most watched show on ESPN to this day, day in and day out. Social media doesn't love Stephen A. Smith. First take gets usually the second best rating on ESPN. You look at FS1 where you have on-air contributions like Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd have had windows recently where they've all of a sudden beaten or come very close to ESPN head-to-head. Now, that's not necessarily the norm, but if like their social media popularity or lack thereof was supposed to be evidence of that they couldn't get rating success i would reject the hypothesis yeah and and even a show like uh a show where i know two guys on there uh i know kyle brandt and peter schrager pretty well good guys they work their butts off but like the nfl what's that uh, good morning football right on nfl network and the ratings for that are like essentially the same as some fs1 ratings or even lower and yet if you go on social media you'd think that show was like generating PTI-type numbers. It's just, is it not weird 
in the social media space how people pick and choose who they like and what they don't like? Well, I think everybody picks and chooses what they like and what they don't like. But I think what we can take away from this is that 90% of America isn't on Twitter. And then of those remaining 10%, there's like a very vocal, like very online portion. And their preferences for content is not reflective of what the general public wants. I think that's extremely well said because, you know, and again, social media, you you act like it's huge. And in reality, you said, what, 90 percent of the general public is not on there. I mean, at at this point, I watch big sporting events and I have social media open. But other than that, are you what's your takeaway from social media here in 2020? Because it's changed a lot over the last 10, 15 years, would you say? I would say that people need to pay as much attention to Reddit as Twitter, because there's as much time spent on Reddit as there is on Twitter amongst the general population. And that's not reflected in terms of like what's popular on Reddit is not driving conversation on TV and radio in a way that what's popular on Twitter is. And I'd also take a look at YouTube viewership. I know we are going to get to this at some point, but like Trey Wingo just launched a YouTube show. And if you look at like people who are successful there, like Pat McAfee, and then even people we mentioned earlier, like Colin Cowherd, Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, look at what their stuff is doing on YouTube. I think you need that at least as something to complement whether we think people are popular on Twitter, because a lot of times Twitter is really boils down to who you follow. Yeah. And so you can get stuck in a bubble there really quickly thinking that um, things that are very popular amongst what, as we said, were a very small niche are more popular amongst the broader audience than is necessarily true. Yeah. I mean, and I even saw that this week, another Twitter guy, um, and I said this earlier in the show, Ryan, like I was friendly with Dan Levitard back when I had the website and, you know, him and a, another sports media person, you know, made overtures to potentially buy it. And they, you know, when they heard I was selling it to USA Today, they were they were not thrilled. Um, but Dan essentially stopped talking to me when I got to FS1. And another guy, this guy at Sports Illustrated, Jimmy Traina, um, who was ripping Mark Schlereth this week, which is crazy. Mark, listen, man, I see Mark Schlereth in the halls of FS1 every week. That guy works his butt off. Schlereth, sorry. He works his butt off. And for a guy, for a no-talent hack like Jimmy Traina to go after him, it's just, it's so weird. That's another guy. He unfollows me as soon as I get to FS1. So many people have this idea that, oh, I like you, uh, and then you go somewhere where I'm not a fan of, and I'm going to start unfollow you and not pay attention to you. Like, Ryan, this is, it feels like high school at times, is it not? It does. I mean, that happened to me. Jimmy unfollowed me um, when I got to OutKick. I was um, on the same vertical at him at SI, on the Extra Mustard vertical, before I joined you at the big lead. Um, but I didn't ever have, like, any type of, like, really close relationship with him or anything. I almost hired him. But <laughs> at the big, I mean, this was, like, 20, you know, 10 or something. It, Wait, 20, it, you know, 2009, um, maybe. You know, but it's funny, though, because... There's like a group of maybe like eight, nine, ten of us, and I'm including myself in this. Like, so there's like people who cover the media, like Richard Deitch, Andrew Marchand, 
Jimmy Traina, me, um, John Oran doesn't come out as um, strong with like kind of talent opinions, but he's also in that sphere. Michael McCarthy at front office sports. And it's just like, it boggles my mind day to day that anybody like who is very successful, like Mark Schlereth, multiple times Super Bowl champion, now going on over two decades of success in sports media. Like, why would he even care what someone what like Jimmy Trina has to say? If you like compare their lifetime earnings, I think that <laughs> Schlereth has probably made, I'm not even exaggerating, he's probably made a hundred times as much money in their respective careers. Like if you add up year by year and like what Schlereth made as a Super Bowl champion, what he probably gets for speaking engagements, he has a daily show in Denver. He's probably making 15, 20 times as much today. Yeah. And yet he cares what Jimmy has to say. It's a really weird thing like that. He, he, I don't know. I can't imagine the um, like, making it to the level that Schlereth has. Like, he's just undisputably a winner in life. If I were that, I would never care what Jimmy Traina has to yeah, say. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, Ryan Glassby, you can follow him on social media at sports, R-A-P-P-O-R-T. Uh, he writes for OutKick. He's with Clay, Bobby. They got a good team over there of uh, some, some guys, so uh, follow him. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Enjoy the uh, Packers non-cover uh, this weekend. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Hope uh, they win and don't cover for you. <laughs> All right, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, I'm looking at these college football games. So Ohio State starts out, looks like they're going to have to punt again, and then boom, a roughing the passer call. I don't know if you saw that, I was saying. It was third and 10. Um, field threw one up. You know, he was hoping for a flag, didn't get it, but they clobbered him in the head, and now Ohio State's in the five about to score. Okay, State took one back against TCU. Uh, some barn burners out there. Definitely not a barn burner. Penn State Rutgers, the Greg Schiano Revenge Tour. So lots of fun happening in college football. We'll dig back into that uh, next year on the Jason McIntyre Show, Fox Sports Radio. Fun stuff there. I never know how much the audience is going to like sports media talk. Is it too inside football? I mean, if you guys hit me up on social, I'll get an answer. I know Gavin loved it. He's a big fan. Gavin's uh, obviously been in the industry. I'm a sports media nerd, so I I think that stuff is terrific. Well, listen, it's our industry. you got to know what's going on, you know? It's funny. I, 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 I I'm not even going to go there. I don't want to say anything, get myself in trouble, but... You know, you need to know what's going on in the lay of the landscape. But, you know, if you want to be in any field, you've got to know where things are headed, what's next, who you're competing with. And, you know, when you go into meetings and talk to people and pitch ideas, you've got to know what you're up against. And staying on top of it, whether it's sports media, whether you're in accounting, fintech, whatever it is, you've got to know what the lay of the land is. And uh, I just recommend um, maybe listening on the podcast if you miss that. Um we do have a special guest who's dropping by in five minutes. It was touch and go whether or not he could come on. You guys always love him. I'm not going to say his name, but five minutes, you know, we'll get a really, really good uh, little uh, discussion here going. Um, Iowa Sam, you seen anything out of this Michigan State, Ohio? Ooh, almost an interception by the Buckeyes. Sparty can't move the football. This is a bad football team. Their head coach is uh, the guy from Colorado, Mel Tucker, right? Yes, first he- year for Mel Tucker. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they beat Northwestern last year. That was their big, you know. Last th- week, right? Last week, uh, excuse me. And they they beat Michigan. So, I mean, they're 
retooling under Mel Tucker, but um, well, you know, seven nothing early here, and yeah, I, it's funny. I play. Uh, I have gotten back to playing some basketball. I know you're not supposed to do that in L.A., but it's outdoors, uh, so don't freak out. With a Michigan State grad who's actually more excited about the Spartans basketball team, believe it or not. Uh, well, of course, did they are? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, Izzo's loaded. What's that? Izzo is loaded this year. Yeah, they had a little bit of a struggle last night with Detroit Mercy had to uh, come back and battle. Battle. Well, past that's Detroit a natural Mercy. letdown, right? They had a yeah. big game the night. Uh, who'd they beat earlier in the week? Duke. I think they, they won. Be, they at Duke. won at Duke. Yeah, at Cameron yeah. Indoor. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird college basketball season. We just heard Gonzaga, Baylor canceled. Yeah, that's too bad because, you know, Iowa is really highly ranked. They're going to play Gonzaga in a few weeks, and so I hope that, you know, everybody stays COVID-free. Yeah, by the way, quick thing before we get to our guest. Speaking of Iowa basketball, (laughs) um, I saw a clip of a player on the Iowa team talking about how his dad just passed away. Yeah, and Jack Nunge. I was just floored, and I had to, and I talk about going down rabbit holes, the first thing I did was I was like, oh, my God, this is like one of the saddest stories. And the kid was handling it with so much grace. If there, if time permitted, uh, I, I would play the entire, you know, 90-second soundbite of how much of a grown-up he sounds like. And this is a college kid. Yeah. And the like, team's rallying around him. Yeah, that's Jack Nungy. His father passed away. Um, unexpectedly. Yeah. And it wasn't like, wasn't, you know, he was super old. This no, is a, And was, I Googled the guy's uh, obituary because I wanted to read about it. He sounds just like such a great human being. Yeah, he was a physician. Uh, loved watching his son play and a uh, very sad, untimely passing of his father. But yeah, Jack has uh, definitely rallied and the team's rallied around him. So. I mean, he literally talked to his dad on what, what Friday night or whatever. And Saturday morning, he got a call that his dad had just passed away. <sighs> yeah. And I can't even fathom that, guys. And I was just, I was like, I, I'm not going to say I was crying, but I was just like, oh my God, this is brutal. I, I can't, I, I have been fortunate in my life, you know, I, whatever. I haven't had to deal with anything like that. And I don't know how I would handle it at this age. I can't imagine in college. Um, so I just want to, if you guys want to go look for that clip, what's his name again? Uh, Jack? Jack Nunge, N-U-N-G-E. Yeah, and, and his dad was like a basketball player and started his physician business. He has a bunch of kids. He's like a good guy in the community. And just like, oh, it's one of those. And we did this in back in like April when there was no sports. Like, why do uh, bad things happen to good people? And I don't man, it's just, oh. Anyways, we got our guests coming up, so we're going to break a minute early. We're going to go to Isaac. And on the other side of this, big-time guest, New York Times bestseller, breaks news on top of everything. We'll talk about that next. But first, here's Isaac with What's Trending. All right, Jason, we will start in college basketball. Today's highly anticipated showdown between number one Gonzaga and number two Baylor. Not going to happen today after a Gonzaga player and an additional member of the Gonzaga traveling party tested positive for COVID-19. Game had been scheduled to tip off as we speak in Baker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, so both teams are not going to try to reschedule the game for a later date. On the college football scoreboard, number four, Ohio State, without 23 players today, but still leading at Michigan State, 7-0, seven minutes in. Fifth-ranked Texas A&M, a 7-0 lead at Auburn, 11 minutes in. Number 15, Oklahoma State, a 7-0 lead at TCU with 6.23 left to play in the first. 17th-ranked North Carolina, up 7-3 over Western Carolina, which just kicked a field goal, 4.27 left in the first quarter. And number 21, Marshall and Rice are scoreless with 4.12 left to play in the first. And finally, an NFL note, current free agent linebacker Vontez Burfecht was arrested this morning in Clark County, Nevada, on battery charges. No other details presently available. Perfect last played for the Raiders in 2019. 
Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, it's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Let's just get to him. He's the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Windhorst. Uh, he's a best time best-selling author, New York Times bestseller list. His podcast is a must-listen. Um, listen, folks, let's bring in Brian Windhorst. Brian, how are you, man? Hey, Jason. It's <laughs> don't sound so excited, Brian. I know it's a Saturday <laughs> morning. You got your family. Thanks for taking a couple. Well, I'm minutes just a little here. worried about this Ohio State game. They're missing 17 players. That's I'm a little anxious. Okay, Mr. Buckeyes, they're already up seven nothing. They will win in coming. All right, spring. all right. It's let's long get day. let's get to the NBA. I've got this litany of questions I want to buzz through. So the season's starting in a few weeks. We have to start with Kyrie Irving. The last time we heard from Kyrie Irving. He was trying to scuttle the bubble, if you remember. We shouldn't go. We should. I can walk away from this at any moment. A- and now I'm not talking to the media for the entire season. Brian, man, I was a Kyrie Irving fan. I had that burnt orange Cavs throwback of Kyrie Irving. I mean, this guy is, uh, he's lost me. I-, I don't know if he's losing fans. I know he's big on online. People love him. But he didn't want to play with LeBron, didn't want to play for Brad Stevens, gets his way in Brooklyn, now, gets the coach fired. Now he's not talking to the media. What the hell is wrong with this guy? Well, actually, the last time we heard about him, he did a uh, podcast uh, maybe two weeks ago where he said that, you know, the Nets don't really have a head coach. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, you know, here's what I'd say about Kyrie. Uh, and this is kind of where I've gotten to him. I'm really not going to – he actually does some pretty positive things in the community. He's um, he's donated a lot of money to his, his high school. He's basically kept his, his old high school open. And he's done a lot of other things in the community, so I don't, I don't want to say to not pay attention to what he what he doesn't do on the court because that's not really fair. But I would, in general, especially if you're a Nets fan, I would draw a box around that court, and anytime Kyrie is off of it, I would just not pay much attention, and just focus what he's doing on that court. Um, I think that's kind of the way um, that his teammates are going to have to go. He's a spectacular player. He's He's particularly a valuable player in the playoffs. So I'd even extend it a little bit to say, even what Kyrie may do during the regular season, I would almost dim it. But he is this incredibly rare talent that is so extra valuable in the postseason. Although, if I say it to Celtics fans, they may yeah, uh, point out that I that was, was not the case. <laughs> um, but uh, I will say this. I, I am surprised, I remain surprised 18 months on, that out of the options that Kevin Durant um, had at his mm-hmm. disposal, including playing with Kawhi, uh, which was an option with the Clippers, that Durant chose to go uh, to sort of marry up with Kyrie. And I think it goes to the fact that while Kyrie seems to sometimes uh, move a little bit around the box, so to speak, um, he does have a way of connecting with people. Um, he is very popular with fans. He does have close relationships with other players in the league. Um, as far as this media thing, um, I don't think it will last very long. I suspect within a week or two he'll be talking to the media again. Um, but I'm really – so much he has said and done, so many interviews he has given have been so all over the board mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm desensitized. Yeah, the, the, I think the high school is St. Patrick in New Jersey. He's uh, keeping it alive. He, listen, great in the community. I, I love that. But again, uh, go ask Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown what they think of this guy. Apparently, they were just like, "Who? What's wrong with him? 
Like, Kyrie is cool, Brian, if that if that makes sense. You know, he made a movie, the whole Uncle Drew stuff. Like, he's cool. He gets it. Uh, ladies like him or whatever. But um, I, I don't know, man. I did. He's let me ask you this. Huh? I think he's got if – I, if I played basketball, uh, like, competitively, I would wear his shoes. I think his shoes are, like, the best ones going out there. It doesn't get him any points on the court, but, uh, you know, he's got something going. So uh, Kevin Durant was out here in my neck of the woods this summer – uh, maybe like 15 blocks away, and I heard he was hanging out a lot with Nash, who also lives in my area. I don't know if Kyrie's there, but I wonder, I do wonder, Brian, Kyrie assembled this team. He got the coach fired. We know that. that uh, come on, we know that happened. Is he a little upset that Kevin Durant apparently had more sway to get Steve Nash in than Kyrie did? You know, you're asking a good question, and I think the next question is, the better one, which is if Durant wants to bring in Harden and what that would mean for Kyrie, how would that work? Mm. Um, because the relationship there, I know now Kyrie and Harden had a relationship with team USA. They did. Um, as many uh, super teams start with roots in team USA, but I don't know where they are now. I know that Durant and Harden have a relationship from when they were teammates with the Thunder. Mm-hmm. And if that move happened, which would take a huge investment from the, from the Nets, because not only – I mean, this would be a trade like we saw for Anthony Davis, where you would be trading players today, you know, the guys like Karis LeVert or Jared Allen, plus my, my guess would be significant draft assets into the future. And to move, make a move like that would really change what Kyrie's role with Durant would be going forward. Um, so to me, yes, I do think the Nash thing is interesting, and how does it inform the possible decision that the Nets might have with Harden? I don't know the answer to that. I wish I could tell you, yeah. oh, I'm sitting in on these meetings. The other thing is, though, with Durant and Kyrie, and, and, and again, this is why like, I look at the Nets and I say, boy, they have got a lot of talent. I'm looking forward to seeing them. I think they're going to win a lot of games. But I, I have to pull myself back a little bit in going head over heels on them being a championship mm-hmm. contender. Because the one thing about Durant and Kyrie that has just been a feature of their careers is they seem to change their mind on what makes them happy day to day. And it's probably a struggle that they face um, across the board. But I don't know if, if what the formula that, w- that might work in December 2020 for those guys, yeah. I don't know if that formula will still work in February or June. And that is why this is like a tinder yeah. like a, this is like a, a, a tinder box because i just i just don't know how it's going to go and really if you look at their coaching staff i mean i have a big belief in steve nash they hired mike d'antoni to run their offense i mean how you look at this offense mm. and one of the great offensive coaches of all time they could rival one of the great offensive teams ever yeah but i still have to pull myself back on i don't know if everything if all the if all the connections are going to work out all right one last thing on Kyrie before we move on we know Kevin Durant has rabbit ears. He heard me saying he was the best player in the NBA three years ago, would, like, respond to me on Instagram DMs. Okay, do you think, Brian, Kevin Durant heard, why would he follow Kyrie to the Nets and said, you know what, let me get my, a coach in here where I have some clout and let me go get my guy Harden. I, again, I'm not trying to set Brooklyn on fire here, but it does feel like there is something percolating there. No, I don't know about that. I just okay. think, uh, I think Harden is available. Here's what I think. I think James Harden looks at the lay of the land in Houston and says, I've got, you know, X number of years of my prime left, and I do not think that this is going to be a championship team. Two, three years 
last two, three years, you could, he could say this team could win a championship. I think he looks now and says, this is not a championship level team. Where can I go with a championship level team? And he sees a team like that in Brooklyn. Okay. I think it's as simple as that. Brian, does uh, Bradley Beal ask for a trade before or after the All-Star break? <laughs> I don't you know, uh, this is a question that's happened throughout the league. Um, I, I kind of feel like uh, teams and even other players in the league have sort of dipped their toe in the Bradley Beal water. You still happy, Brad? You still happy, Brad? You still happy, Brad? <laughs> and they keep getting told, yes, he's happy. He's happy with his he's, – he's, he's, he's okay with where they are. And I expect that to basically continue. But I will say this. This trade is a Bradley Beal trade. <laughs> you know, they got Russell Westbrook, not because I think they think that Westbrook and Beal are going to be this magical duo together. Because quite frankly, Westbrook ultimately – Westbrook Durant ultimately broke up. Mm-hmm. Westbrook George ultimately broke up. Westbrook Harden ultimately broke up. I'm not assigning blame to Russell for that, but I'm, I've seen three straight duos break up, and I'm not going to all of a sudden see the fourth duo and say, oh, that's going to work. But I think the Wizards are sitting there saying, if we miss the playoffs this year, this guy's going to have one year left on his contract to us, and he's going he's to want to change the situation. Mm-hmm. And you look at their rivals to make the back end of that East playoffs, look at what Charlotte did, Hayward and, and yeah. uh, you know, LaMelo Ball. Look at what Atlanta did, bringing in four free agents. That's who they're going to fight with to make the back end of the playoffs. And you may say, well, is, is going to be the seventh seed enough for Bradley Beal? It might be, because one of the things that's frustrated Bradley Beal is he can't get on the All-Star team. He can't get uh, on the All-NBA team. He can't get uh, marketing uh, deals because his team has frankly stunk the last few years. So uh, that Russell Westbrook move is, Let's try to hold on to Bradley Beal. Will it work? Don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. All right, uh, let's go to the Golden State Warriors. Are they a sleeper in the West? Brian, I uh, I noticed Kelly Oubre, Brad Wanamaker, and Kent Bazemore all on the wings, okay? They're set up pretty well to defend Luka, Kawhi. I'm not going to pretend those guys can defend uh, LeBron and Kawhi, but they can try. I, I feel like maybe there's something with the Warriors or people selling them short. Well, to me, their big thing is, um, you know, one of the things that they've had for this run is their incredible offense because they've had uh, Draymond Green as the hinge and they've had uh, all these terrific perimeter players to, to just unlock. And, and they, they run an off, you know, they don't run a traditional NBA offense. Uh, they just basically take advantage of their talent. Well, now their talent, just quite frankly, is diminished. You know, obviously no Durant, obviously no Clay Thompson. Um, they just don't have the talent in the perimeter. So is Kelly Oubre going to shoot 39% on threes, or is he going to shoot 32% on threes? Is Andrew Wiggins going to be an efficient player, or is he going to be a not efficient player? Can James Wiseman even play? I mean, one of the things that has been clear is that you know he has played no- nothing in organized basketball, and now you're going to ask him to go out there. I don't know. I have them as a playoff team because mm-hmm. of Draymond and Steph and their coaching. Um, but I think, I really think that it's going to be a struggle for them offensively. I know that that's not been something that's been said. And I think what's going to end up happening is they're going to end up having to try to play defense, as you mentioned. They're going to have to try to win with defense. And I don't know if they're going to be able to play Wiseman because I don't know if Wiseman's going to be able to be out there in a defensive posture. I think they may have to limp through this season trying to win lower scoring games yeah. and you know waiting for Steph to get red hot and and they'll do that enough but 
it's going to be a completely different looking Warriors team. All right, Brian Windhorst, New York Times bestselling author, ESPN Inside. I mean, he's great. Brian's great. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Enjoy the weekend, and the Buckeyes are looking good. Take care, Jason. All right. Uh, that was Brian Windhorst. Really good stuff. Listen, this Kyrie powder keg is a fun story to monitor all season. All right, coming up next, we'll wrap up the show. But big news, folks, okay? The show after this one is going to be a brand-new debut. couple big-time former NFL players. I used to crush one of them in dominoes. The other guy played at Penn State, and now I hear laughter in the control room. We'll be back after this here on Fox Sports Radio. Ohio State 14, Sparty 0. The bloodbath begins. Let's get to the Geico play of the day. Snap to Fields. Back to throw for Fields. Looking. Now he takes off. Started to run. Swings it wide to the right. And Fields will take it into the end zone himself for a touchdown run of two yards, giving Ohio State a 6-0 lead. There it is. That was the Ohio State first touchdown. Paul Keels, Learfield IMG College. Very impressive stuff from Fields. And then he threw a touchdown pass on the second drive. Geico, play of the day. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. Geico.com, easy. Uh, you know what else is easy? Coming up next, um, we got a great new show debuting. It's pretty cool. It's going to be the first one uh, of what's expected to be a long run. LeVar Arrington. Really good guy. Former menace at Penn State. Uh, standout with uh, the Washington, then Redskins. Um, you got TJ Hushmanzada. Good guy who I've done a lot of stuff with at FS1 the last few years. Hushmanzada is just an all-around solid guy. Um, not, you can't say that about a lot of people with ponytails, but TJ Hushmanzada is a cool dude. And then finally, Plaxico Burris. Um, he's not out here in L.A., so I can I don't have to gas him up. Plaxico, former New York Giants receiver, caught a memorable touchdown. They're going to do a different show. It's, you know, basically going to be uh, three football players up on game, uh, chopping it up, keeping it real. I mean, it's funny. I talked about what's kind of gotten me this far. I was a guy at a newspaper like 15, 20 years ago, and I just decided, you know, I started the website, and I decided to authenticity was going to win out, and I was going to call it like I see it. And, again, my you know, my family's a, some immigrants who came to America, and they weren't huge sports fans. And I just loved sports. I was a good youth player and then could never really pop when I everybody got big. I did not get bigger. I mean, LeVar Arrington just standing next to the guy. It's like, my gosh, what could I, what damage could I have done if I was as big as him? Um, let a boy dream, okay? And um, I was just always keeping it real and just speaking my mind and you know, I, I put this out on social media that I've seen some announcers this year, in the NFL specifically, just refusing to be critical. Uh, Tony Romo, a guy who I respect and like. I mean, I don't know if I could say the phrase ball washing, but what on earth was that on Sunday refusing to give Brady any of the blame? Uh, you know, he threw a terrible pick, uh, and, and it was like, oh, Mike Evans didn't realize it was a hot route. He forgot to pick up the blitz, blah, blah, blah. It's like... We're blaming Bruce Bruce Arians for everything. No blame for Tom Brady. And then on Monday Night Football, Brian Greasy refusing to say, listen, Carson Wentz is the worst quarterback in the NFL because that's not a stretch, folks. The numbers back it up among starters. He's at the bottom. Leads the league in interceptions. Second now in fumbles because Derek Carr was vomiting all over himself in Atlanta last weekend. And Wentz leads the league in sacks taken. This guy stinks right now, and Brian Greasy could not 
on air tear down Wentz when he had the chance. And it's like, I, that's tough for me. I watch a lot of these games on mute now. It's like, if you're not going to keep it real and be authentic in the booth, on the radio, on TV, what are you doing? And I know we all have our guys we protect. Yes, Danny Green, before just getting traded, lived a couple streets away from me, and I would see him frequently. He doesn't, you know, we're not friends. But would I give him a little more leniency? Yeah, but when he, when he had that awful game five, missed the obvious game winner. I mean, it was on a Friday night, and I think Saturday morning I came on and was like, listen, Danny Green was, uh, uh, there's no bones about it. He was awful. That's a shot he will lose sleep over. The reason Danny Green is not in Los Angeles right now, and he got shipped to, where is he, Gavin? He was in OKC, and then he got traded somewhere else. Um, Because he missed that shot in game five. And I know he was kind of bad throughout the playoffs, and they needed to move on. But he hits that shot. That's all anybody remembers. But he misses that shot, and he's gone. Like, literally gone. Bye. See ya. FedExed out of town. And you got to call it like you see it, and I'm looking forward to that with Plax, TJ, and LeVar Arrington. Um, it should be fun. Another guy uh, who I've worked with that I will say keeps it super real is Steven Jackson. Um, he's got the Up in Smoke podcast with um, Matt Barnes. And, and just the authenticity wins out. I'm telling you guys. In life, you, that's what you got to do. Whether it's with the ladies, you know, just be real. That's who you are. This is who I am. You don't like me. Hey, I, I get it. I understand. Um, with sports, uh, it, it's just with neighbors. By the way, I've had a little dust up with my neighbor recently. And that's weird in California because they live like right on top of you, you know? And um, no words exchanged, but I'm like, I'm not being super friendly to the guy. I don't want to say what happened to Iowa Sam. I'm not going to talk about it. it. No no major incident, but it's like, dude, don't just... But he block your driveway or don't something? Don't be a jerk. Bottom line, don't be a jerk. I, I would say another word there, but I can't. And Iowa Sam will have to dump it. Anyways, great show, guys. Thank you to the guests. Thank you to everybody here in the studio. Podcast will be up in, I don't know, 25 minutes. Uh, enjoy LeVar Plax and uh, TJ Hushmanzada. Everybody have a great weekend. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Everybody, I'm Rachel Benetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Benetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, and I'm doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. <laughs> Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.